Today's episode is brought to you by Loot Crate, the subscription box for the geek, gamer, and or nerd in all of us. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure you head to LootCrate.com slash KindaFunny and enter the code KindaFunny to save $3 on any new subscription. Remember, you only have to the 19th at 9 p.m., that's Pacific time, to subscribe and receive that month's Loot Crate. And when that cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Too bad, Charlie. Or whatever your name is. Insert, you know, it doesn't have to be Charlie. I don't know. So go to LootCrate.com slash KindaFunny and enter the code KindaFunny to save $3 on your new subscription today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hi. Damn, producing's on point. Put that out there. Seducing's I, I on have point. to make up for the shorts. Beard's on point. Oh, you're wearing shorts. Oh. Trying to be sexy in salmon-colored shorts. It's a, well, hard, it's a tall it, order. We just tall got back order. from SGC, Frisco, mm-hmm. Texas. Frisco and Plano. We hit Plano for a little we bit. We were too. in Plano quite a bit. The IHOP. The IHOP. Was Shout in out Plano. to the Plano Texas. You know what's funny is, I, you know, uh, people obviously give different cities crap for different reasons, right? I give Riverside crap. We had some fun in Plano, Texas. We had we a lot did. of fun in Frisco. So I can understand that living there is different than just visiting because we obviously hit all the all the hot night spots like uh, Denny's. IHOP, Denny's, yeah. uh, Torchy's Tacos. Yes. In a very different category than the last two. Very different. Very good. If you have a Torchies in your town and you haven't tried it yet, what are you waiting for? Pause this. Wild Go get tacos. Pitch. Come back. Great. Watch the rest of it with tacos. Great time to tell you we're sponsored by Torchies Tacos yeah. today. We're not. So no, yeah. no, don't give them any free advertising. Um, but it was fun. No, good it was time. a great time. time. But what I was going to say is you slowly devolved into a 20-something on spring break. Because it started, we got there, and you were dressed, and you were beaten by life. You were, you were, you were, you were an old Nick Scarpino. You'd seen some things, mm-hmm. and then you switched into the shorts when it got super hot. Then the t-shirt was all the time, and it was loose and it was fitting. Then you got that Mega sixty four hat, mm-hmm. and you didn't. This is this was the completion. He didn't bend the brim at all. He just put on the hat. Snap back. So I asked Tim because Tim, as you know, is my consultant for all things on the pure I have to actually. I have to put everything through him first before I, I actually put it's it on my body. To put things, yeah. And I said, Tim, get around those hats. <laughs> <laughs> we saw the Mega Sixty Four guys. We were in the signing. We were in the same signing room as they were. We're and, friends there, and we're friends of theirs, and we've hung out with them before. And so um, I noticed they were selling these dope Mega Sixty Four hats, and I'm like, Hey, I, I want one of those. Fully willing. There it is. There it is. Look at him. Look at how young he looks. Oh, you got to you Nick, did you go to Panama City? Did you go to Panama City? Call me Nicky. I want to be called Nicky. I, I never heard him say that. He was doing that, and then everyone started calling him Knuckles, and it was weird. See, now you look you mean. Don't do that. So I got one of these dope hats. Well, actually, they were kind enough to give us a few of these, which was nice. I was going to purchase one from them, but don't tell them that now because they gave it to me for free. Uh, we'll put that here. Actually, yeah. we'll put it on Superman. Okay. Superman. Superman. Um, and then something weird happened. We were in the VIP lounge, and they had smartly hooked up a few gaming systems. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this particular system, but it was the N64. Oh, the fun machine, they called it. And the first game we played was uh, a little game called GoldenEye, which I have said before, and I'll say it again. I'll wreck any of you at GoldenEye. Having said that, 
I lost very badly at GoldenEye the first and first and only time we played it. And I was like, I'm not doing this again because I want to remember how good I used to be at this game without sullying that right now. Then we consider it sullied, Nick. Then we picked up Mario Kart. Now, here's the funny thing about Mario Kart, Tim. I've always told you, we played Mario Kart before in our Let's Plays and kind of funny games. And I've often told you that if we ever picked up the Mario Kart 64, that I would eat your lunch. Quote what you said. Yes. I, said I thought there you. was a different word he said at the end, but instead of lunch, but well, no big deal. But, eat and your so, ass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a cupcake. <laughs> Y'all listen to too much Nicki Minaj. We not get in the room, break. and the last day, I don't know if you noticed this or not, it went from all of us forgetting really not that the game was way slower, and the controllers, by the way, were broken. I didn't realize that the N64 controllers, like That's the analog 60... stick, just, no, one of them literally, like, you turned the green to the side one and went, was a little messed up. But having said that, I don't think any N64 controllers in existence, like, that is their pristine. default. Was that their the default, default is broken. I remember, I always remember things a lot more fondly, I think, than they, than, than they were in the light of the day, but um, I got better at it. <laughs> I got better at it. And you did. Toward the end, I was like, I'm actually you remembering. You won one match. I won one match. And in battle mode. Most would say that it was the best. Actually, a lot would say. Actually, everyone in that room said that it was the best match they've ever seen of Mario Kart before in their life. Wow. Um, and we were no playing against the nice that. people from Rooster Teeth. Yes. Um, and Tim was in it. And Tim was noticeably getting mad at me that I was achieving a level of greatness in this game in such a small period of time. Because, sure. Colin, you have to understand, it had gone from me forgetting completely how to play to... Almost a level of that one could consider uh, uh, masterful. Sure. Masterful. Sure, I understand. Um, and I will say my block for it, if done correct, no can defend. Mm. I'll tell you that right mm. now. Over this here at Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. <laughs> it's good to be here with you today. You were at SGC, but you, didn't, you never broke from just being Colin. You never put on shorts. You never put on a funky hat. No. I barely left the hotel room. Yeah. But we had, well, we had a you good time. You did put on a funky hat. I did have oh, a funky hat. Oh, Grimecraft's hat. Yeah. yeah Grimecraft. Shout out to Grimecraft, our new best friend. Uh, no, we had a good time there and, uh, you know, did our meet and greet and our panel. And, Thank you all who came out. Thanks and, for uh, supporting us. Crazy turnout. I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed it very much. It was, it was fun. And then I just stayed in the hotel room, played SteamWorld Dig on my Vita. Uh, did you beat it? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Longer than I thought. You thought you were going to beat it on the plane, but then you fell asleep. I fell asleep. A lot of this is what I saw. He, we were across the aisles and they were across the aisle from each other. And I looked over and there, the, the best was you had, you, you were still holding it, but you were like this. <laughs> looking out at oh, me the iPad. entire time but your iPad was it was on for a while like you literally <laughs> blinked at something you probably were like you're reading about fucking I don't even know the goddamn nuts and bolts on a cat big old tractor trailer and you looked over to think about it you're like uh what <laughs> <laughs> I was so jealous of you by the way because I looked back on the plane you were you were you were asleep like a like a like a like an angel. You really were like <laughs> like it was perfect. There was no no. You were just Cheryl makes fun of the way you I were peaceful. Us. You were calm. You were serene. And then that was the complete antithesis of the dude that was next to me who was sleeping. So I had a guy like one row up that I was just staring at, and he he had one of those giant neck braces oh, yeah. on that not it wasn't like a medical condition. He put it on so that he could sleep, and he was snoring so loudly <laughs> that the only thing I, that actually I could do. To not kill him was focus on the guy next to me who was doing this every five seconds. <laughs> oh no! And I was like, "Do you need a tissue? <laughs> That's Can so I get you something? That's so fucking annoying, isn't it? God damn it!" And his wife was there. And I'm like, "How did how did your wife like? She must have tuned it out by now. But if I did sure. that next to my wife, my wife would be like this: Go to the bathroom and don't come back until this flight lands. Just don't come back because you're pissing me off. Yeah. Um." It got to the point where I was trying to finish my Anne Rice novel that Colin so astutely pointed out. It's taken me seven months to read. Uh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to finish this on this plane because I'm so tired. This damn thing's heavy. 
uh, it, it's not as good as I want it to be. It's taking way too long to read. And I'm trying to finish the last 10 pages. You know when you get to the last 10 pages of a book or anything, you're like, and it's actually good. You're like, I need to just don't don't screw this savor ending it. up for me. Like savor it. And that last, I have this weird thing where like the last like paragraph I have to read perfectly in order to like finish the book out well. Um, and the, <laughs> so I had to put on my headphones and I put the sleep machine on. Oh yeah. Which actually sounded like the airplane we were in, but just in my ears. And I finished the book. Yeah. You fall yeah, asleep during it? No, I, 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 I couldn't sleep on that plane. There was just too much stuff going on. I mean, I blame United. I blame United for that Fuck man United. that sat next to you. I blame United for like the two hour the, delay in the yeah. plane trying to get there for my bagel at Starbucks before I got on the United plane being a like little stale. No, the delay? Well, mine was like fluffy yeah. and not perfect. being able to toast it. Yeah, that we had a very bad experience. Yes, yeah. yeah, straight up United sucks. Every, every I it, fucking hate United. It's one of those things where <laughs> how's that? Is that is that e easy enough for everyone to understand? Straightforward. Call. Everybody except <laughs> Nick has good taste and is a Virgin America fanboy. And so it's like we, you know, when it feels like whenever you you're like, oh well, you know, the version is just so good. Everything else just must not be. Every everywhere else sucks. It sucks, sucks, sucks. It's terrible. You know, its boarding process doesn't make any sense. Everyone there is bitter and hates their life. Mm -hmm. Southwest is terrible. Yeah. Jeff Blue's American's right. awful. I'm gonna give a shout out to Jeff yeah, Blue. Jeff Blue just, Blue's just got outclassed because Virgin America showed up. Yeah, Jeff Blue, oh, no, Jeff Blue sure. was the premier yeah. airline for I a while. I agree 100. Uh, the thing about United is that statistically it showed like they are bad. They're a bad airline, you know, and they have like whole Twitter account, like popular, famous Twitter accounts, just like focused on them. Maybe not super popular, but I see them pop up every once in a while where it's like you know people are just they just people bitch about United all the time. And the catch twenty two is that United will reach out to you if you tweet at them. I don't tweet at them because I don't want them to talk to me. Where they were like, oh, we'll give you a voucher or whatever. And I was like, but that requires me to fucking fly United again. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Cut me a like, check like, for I don't, $100 like, to cash. I just don't. They're so bloated. And they're just. I don't have good experiences on them typically. Sometimes it's fine. I, I Interestingly, when I fly them internationally, I have fewer problems than when I fly them domestically. Mm -hmm. um, but they just. Getting to Texas, we were on the plane. They they don't talk to you. They don't tell you what's going on. They tell you to get off the plane. Then they tell you to get back on the plane. All this shit's happening. Then on the way back, they just d d arbitrarily delay the flight, but then don't update the boards that the flight's delayed at mm -hmm. all until they say something. They just the, – the problem is that airlines is a zero-sum – like flying airlines is a zero-sum game. You go for the cheapest thing there is. So there's sure. no – there's very little brand loyalty with airlines. There just is. And, and – uh so no one pays for like the you know the, their consumer crimes as it were, but I think United is just is just trash. Like it's I mean, just it's, it's just a it's, bad airline. It's a and I don't, I don't, I don't own, like it. It's a product of its own success, right? Because it's so big that inevitably it's just acceptable that they have twenty percent of their they fuck everything flights up. just that are totally fucked up. Yeah. Like to put it in context, we're bitching. I was I was particularly tired. Uh, this has been our like what fourth convention or third convention that we've had in of a few the weeks. Year? Oh. It's been we had a t we've had we, this is convention season so we're right we're, now we're we're, right now we're in the stretch of four cons in five weeks right this is our second and they were back to back and they're all fun but they do take a toll out of you so by the time I got to the United terminal and I already had three text messages from United telling me that the flight was delayed by a half hour then an hour um, I was already pissed off and then you just get there and you can tell it's not the it's not their fault it's just the people that work for the airline have to deal with people who are pissed off all the time and yeah. so after a while they just become. Just robots. Robots. Yeah, they just have to get through they the day, take and they it. have to just get you on the plane because that's their job. And mm -hmm. like, you know, once you got to the flight, the flight attendants were really nice, and then the pilot did his job correctly. Everyone did their job correctly. Yeah, nobody died. Um, but getting there, that was the that was where if it hadn't been for you guys, I probably would have lost my shit. And the hat though, the Mega sixty four hat also kept you balanced because it reminded you of being young at spring break, right? With um, beautiful babes running around you. That's true. No, I, I meant the flight to 
Texas. I would have lost my shit if you guys weren't on there. That was around. because you had the promise of the hat. I mean, I understand what happened on the flight to Texas, right? We got on the plane on time. Then they were like, the pilot isn't here yet. Right. He's oh, coming like, from a okay. different flight. All right. Uh, so they back, so- they back to back these pilots. So that he has to land, basically parachute out of the plane as it's rolling, and run over to the other plane. That's how quickly he has to get there, right? Which, by the way, does not instill confidence that the guy might have just gotten out of a six-hour cross-country flight and is now flying me another four hours. Like, thanks for that. Yeah, so they, they, you know, the pilot just doesn't show up, which is, again, and again, this is not personnel issues. It's, it, it is some, that's the thing I'm saying is that. It's someone's fault that United sucks. Yeah. Like, Who it, do it's I not, blame? It's not necessarily – it's not the flight attendants or the pilots or the people on the ground you interact with. But so, I, I do hate that when someone's like, well, it's, not, it's no one's fault. I'm like, no, it is definitely someone's fault. Uh, but so the pilot the pilot is, is you know, late. Then they're like, oh, the navigation computers are all fucked up. Then we just sit there for literally like an hour. Every few minutes they're like, five more minutes, five more minutes, right. five more minutes. Then eventually they're like, all right um, – we the, we got to get new parts, so then they get the new parts, and they're like, all right, everyone can just get off the plane, and everyone starts getting off the plane. And they're like, we have to deboard you, so then they start. The guy at the, the desk is pissed off. No, the guy at the desk goes, to, you have to get back on the plane, get all your stuff. Well, no, no, that that's that's not. I'm not even there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> then they then they were like, you have to. The guy's like one on one scanning things, and then they're like, fuck it, the plane's just broken. Then they just automatically take everyone off. Like the plane, like the tickets or whatever, just like en masse, like just remove everyone from the list. Then they tell you to get back on the plane to get your stuff. Then when we're getting back on the plane, most people have already gotten off of their stuff. And they're like, no, the, the computer's fixed. Get back on the plane. Yeah, the pilot. Literally, it's a fucking. Did you hear the pilot? He was like, it's fixed. Like he was telling the, the person who was like trying to get. There was like one poor woman who was like trying to manage the situation, which, you know, people were getting irate at this point. At a certain point, you're just like. You start to feel like you are just a piece of fucking meat, a cattle that is just being uh, herded in and out of this this the slaughter, you know. Uh, and this poor woman was just trying to keep it straight, and the pilot was like, "It's fixed. Get him back on the plane. We can go." And she's like, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "It's fixed." And then finally, I saw in his eyes the same rage in yeah, my that, eyes. The pilot was and he like, was just like, "Fuck it," and got like just went into the cockpit and was like, "We're taking off." Whatever. <laughs> yeah, the pilot <laughs> away from the gate. <laughs> we, talk, we saw the pilot talking briefly, he, and he looked like fucking infuriated. Like he's like, you know, he was not having it. He was but, not having it. So it's like there is a level where, and yeah. So then everyone gets back on a plane. Everyone's pissed, and then on the way back to, to California, they delay the plane by an hour for what seems like an arbitrary reason. But it's because the plane hadn't arrived yet. I don't think so. It's just a whole semantic, you know, like thing. But it's like, it's a logistical problem. They have just logistic, like a lot of logistical yeah, problems, and. Yeah. And then my my favorite thing, and I remember saying this to Greg because they were almost making people feel guilty because they always ask you to check your bags. Oh yeah. And yeah. then there's always room. We need and then they just fuck. arbitrarily take people's bags and like, well, no, I'm like, there's like so much room left in the bins. But then they're like, we have to hurry up because people have connections. And I'm like, yo, motherfuckers, you delayed the plane an hour. Yeah. That's not our fault, you know. So don't like try turning it like flying United. It is always it's always a fucking adventure. And by adventure, I mean it's a misadventure. Yeah. And I don't and I don't <laughs> I don't like that airline. There's just something I, – I would never voluntarily fly that airline unless yeah. that was literally the only way I can get to where I'm going, and that is a rare, rare case. You know, I just – it's just too much. It's yeah. Yeah. Man, the one, the one good thing I'll say is the I was pleasantly surprised with the leg space on the flight back. Okay. Seriously. Like I was like, holy shit. Like well, there's, you were up front. I was up front. Yeah, the rest of the seats weren't like that. No, I was like – But I got a special – like I switched out because they put gave me a middle seat, and I was like, no. I'm not doing that. So I went and talked to them, and I was trying to get an aisle, but they only had a window. I took that. Thankfully, I did, because I did get the leg space. I think it was an emergency exit or whatever. 
Um, so I was okay with that. But besides that, it was just like it was a joke of how far we've come in airplane technology to get on this airplane that doesn't have a fucking screen. It doesn't oh, have oh, that's a power shit. plug or USB or other stuff. And I understand this is a first world problem. But at this point, it's like, this is not a flight to LA. It's our world problem. This is a freaking flight to Texas. There's hours going into this shit. I want to see the little picture of my airplane and how far it is from my destination. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know. Not this fucking garbage. And then all of a sudden, it's like, one of my least favorite moments of airplanes is... Before you take off and when you land and can't get off the plane. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Those are the worst. Oh, my God. No, that was the best, and here's why. Because inevitably, and I look forward to this, because no matter how much rage I have, no matter how angry I get at the very core of my fucking being, Colin Moriarty gets madder. And he, there's nothing that pisses him off more. I'll stand by this. Than when people, with the second the plane hits the, the, oh, yeah. the terminal... Get up and run as fucking like as far as they can just to try to skip ten people ahead to get off the plane. And Colin goes like this. I, I forget what you say, but it's something to the extent of like etiquette. You're like, there's no uh, uh, you guys forget how to get off a plane. Is that is that what you're doing? Airplane etiquette. You're just slowing down everyone else. So when we landed in Cal in, in San Francisco last night, I looked at Greg and I just got up and stood like right immediately, just stood right in the middle of the, of the thing. I'm like, no one's getting past this 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 lane. This is like, the line no, of the same. Like no one's getting past this. We're all getting off before you. you yeah, know? like that's. Yeah. Someone's got to. Someone's got to draw a line. And, say, and there was a girl behind me that was like ready to go. And I'm like, and she's, and I'm like, no, sorry. Like, this is the, this is the, this is the airplane etiquette. This is how we get off the airplane. Yeah, this is what separates you us know? from animals. Is the that pr- we understand here, here, etiquette. Here's how it happens: the people in the first row get off, then the second row, then the third row, then the fourth. Row. We don't play these fucking games, right. okay? You're gonna wait. If you're in the twelfth row, you get off. After the eleventh row gets off, yeah. What about yeah. when they come over and they do the whole like we have people who need, are really close on connections? Yeah, but here's the thing: I, I want to. I want to I wanna see verify. Ticket. I want to see fucking verify. tickets because then everyone just gets up and like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. You, I know, I know you're not. Go- I'm going to see you at the fucking carousel in ten minutes. You don't have a connection. Get the fuck out of here. I've seen yeah? one flight. One flight I was on where the stewardess was like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry to have to ask you this, but there are two people on this flight. That have connecting flights that leave like within they're going to leave within twenty minutes of us touching down. Can you please stay seated and let them get off the plane first? And I'm like, there's no, there's no way that's going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen. And she reminded us again as we landed, and then we parked at the terminal. And she, she sure as shit, two people got up, grabbed their stuff, left, and then everyone else got up and, and like filed out. Normally. Well, they make like, the what announcement. The hell? That makes sense. No, and that's the way it should be. I'm fine with that. But yeah, to, that's Colin, totally to Colin's fun. point, and you're if you're in the thirtieth row. How far do you think you're realistically going to get before you get mobbed? It, 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 people just pour out into the aisles. You get three, four, what? And then they're like this to me. They're like right here. Yeah, There's always some the... asshole that's sitting right there with his bags and hitting me on the side of the yeah, head with his bags. Yeah, and yeah. I just want to punch him in the but fucking understa- dick. But, but understand that. that <laughs> understand that. The, like, I, like when I got up, everyone else was getting up too. It's just like I was getting up and standing there. And I'm like, you, like we are going to get off this plane like fucking human beings. In an orderly we fashion. We are going to get off this plane the way it is intended to get off. You know? Yeah. Everyone, no one likes flying. Everyone hates the airport. Everyone hates the airplane. I fly. We all fly way more than normal people, you know, way, way more. And we know like what it's like to be in an airport and stuff. So little things like that make it go smoothly and make everyone happy. I don't like that shit. Like where here's the, it's the essence of an entitled posture where it's like, I don't care who I'm inconveniencing or who I'm bothering. I'm getting off this fucking airplane. My time is more important than yours. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we are all in this together. We are going to do this as normal people do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you have a connecting flight or something like that and you make that known, fine. But I guarantee you the people that were behind me that were trying to rush up that plane had no connecting flight. No. They wanted to so, go. So it's like just wait. 
with everyone else. Why five, are you why? five more minutes? That's all you gotta wait. It's too much, man. Like it's too much yeah. for me. It sucks too. Like when I'm in the aisle seat and then the people that are in the middle and window seat are like getting Fidget? antsy to get oh, up. That, that was happening like, to me, bro. Be cool. There yeah. is relax. Thirty aisles or thirty things in front of us. No one is getting off yet. No. Just chill. Like what? You want me to stand and do that awkward thing because it's like you thing. can't really stand like your full body length unless you're Nick, and it's just like super weird to like have to like do that whole thing. What? Why? Why are we doing all this? But going back to what I was saying is my least favorite things are is that five minutes because that five minutes feels like an hour when you're waiting for all this. I don't care, man. I, sit, I sit with on. my legs crossed and just chill and relax. I'll re- if I'm reading, I'll just keep reading. I'm, and people will look at me. I'm like, what do you want to do? But the worst thing surfing? is the heat. It's like oh, they turn the AC off. Everything's off. So it's like the heat. And the cold. When you're in the air, it's freezing cold. But that first 15 minutes before you get off the ground is just so hot. You're in this oven of death and hell. And I hate it so much. But then on this United flight, they gave me a little AC. And then they decided to give me a lot of AC. Yeah, and that, that was when shit got real. And the funniest thing to happen this entire trip was Nick Scarpino going... <laughs> They're trying to air condition us to death. Yeah, was it, was all, it was like it was doing the fog thing. Yeah, it, it, was, it looked girl. like a, it looked like Joker gas. It was ridiculous. The, the uh, I don't know. I, I just when it, when you see things on like consumerist and stuff, and it's like, oh, EA is the worst company in the world. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like there are companies like United that just seem to have a blatant disregard for like anything at all. And and I, I it's not yeah. so much the delays and, and the logistical things that bother me the most. It's like the lack of communication. You know. Like be on, don't keep stop saying five minutes over and over again. Like just tell us what's happening and be honest with us and maybe be nice and friendly with us, and, and that goes a long way, you know. Like, but don't like get me on an airplane and then tell me the pilot's not there yet, and then right. yeah, that was and then the weird. navigation computer's broken and then get off the plane. And they get back like, what's wrong with like, you? Why my did you my board favorite the thing plane? was when That's they were like, thing. it's just five or or ten or twenty minutes. Like, what? No, that's not a sentence. Like that's just you're it's just not real. literally that's not just a real saying time things. Oh, the thing that the thing that gives me most are right. I'm sorry. We'll we'll keep. I guess this is this turned into this topic, which is yeah. great. This topic it's been hijacked. This is this, is this topic uh, is when they tell you you got a bag check, right? You guys, I'm sorry. We're we're gonna have if you're in row, you know, boarding groups four or five, you're gonna have to bag check. Now, the, the I don't mind doing that on smaller flights when it's a smaller plane, and I know that I got a big bag or whatever. But the reason you have to bag check is because they charge for bags now. Now, back in the day, the reason that this happened, if you remember correctly, was because there was a gas crisis, right? Got, like, the, the price of, yep. of, of crude oil shot up like I crazy. I mean, that was the excuse. And all of the airlines started merging or going out of business. And so in order to salvage the airline, they were like, we have to unfortunately start charging for bags, right? But the problem is, just like taxes, when they introduce taxes, you can't get rid of it. Once your company gets used to charging that extra fee and they make that much more money, it never goes back. So, like, that's the only reason why I will appreciate Southwest is because they will give you that free bag because they know on some level that it makes the flight just that much more bearable. You can check your bag for free. The ironic thing about that, though, is that Southwest has that and then literally, literally the worst seating order situation imaginable. But you are like a destiny. Do you want to wake up at 6 in the morning and check in the day before, Colin? It's a fucking free-for-all. Yeah, I know. Southwest is – like, United's bad because they have those, like, the five things, like the five zones. And it's not the zones that matter. It's not they give you a place to stand. For the zones. Right. See, everyone has zones or, or groups or whatever. Sure. But, like, you don't give them a place to just collect and get mad at each other <laughs> and then the situation. You well, just but, say, like, we're loading zone one and then we're loading zone two. You don't, like, have these little cords. But Southwest where it's, like, one through 30, 31 through 60. And then you have to talk to people be like, what number are you? And they're like, seven. And I'm like, and then the, the guy, like, 
you know, there's no room, and the guy's like, but I'm six and you're seven, and I'm like, who fucking cares? Just get behind me. Like, it, right. is it really gonna make a big difference? Like, it is like a, it is like the fucking Lord of the Flies. Yeah, it really is. You know? But God yeah. damn it! But it, the, <laughs> but it's annoying because you know that that's not the most efficient way to load a plane, right? Like none of these are the most efficient way. They're all based on how much money they can charge. So like loading all these people that are that are these uh, have these premier statuses, these gold statuses that pay or that that fly. It's all just bullshit incentivizing. If they really wanted to load a plane first, they'd probably load it from the back front. Well, this is what Greg and I were saying. There's in my mind there were there were two obvious ways to load a plane. Back to front or or windows, then middle seats, then aisle seats, right? Right. And I looked it up just briefly. It's just anecdotal, but there was a study where it's saying that style is forty percent quicker. Yeah. Loading the window seats first, then loading the aisle, the middle seats, then loading the aisle seats. That's like the way that they should do it for to maximize time. But you can like pay to get on the plane first and stuff like that. So they'll just they don't care. No, they don't care. And it's there's all... no like I fucking swear to God, like I can't figure it out. But it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason. To the way anyone gets on a plane, like how are you group five, but we were group like I three? I have no fucking idea. It didn't I make any sense. We were all like together. Like, it, like there's just weird things where I'm like, what is, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, it, like that's the problem I think with this most airlines and why the airlines that do things really well, even if there are every airline has delays and logistical problems, but Virgin America is just a good experience. You know, I'll pay for that experience because I know it's not going to stress me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know. Or JetBlue is another great experience where it's like I'm not gonna like stress out with this like these and these airlines rose up you know out of the ashes of airlines that suck you know like they mm-hmm. they came they came about because airlines are generally big megalithic impersonal they don't care no they don't give a shit and that's the problem with and that's what I was saying like people go online they'll go on kayak or something and they'll be like all right what's the cheapest fucking flight from here to there and they take that flight right if we had more brand loyalty and I understand that that's not a commercial reality for a lot of people then these kinds of things would be fixed like that but since you you can only fly you know it's just cheap to fly to Dallas from here on United or it's when we went to Kentucky we had to fly United because that was the only guys that like, game in town or whatever it's like okay like no but a perfect perfect case in point right we we're booking our flights for uh, Rooster Teeth to Austin and I looked and there was a United flight that was forty dollars cheaper than Virgin. Like, than Virgin, and I'm like, you know what? This is where this is where I this is where I, this is my last stand here. This is where I draw the line in the sand. I'm gonna just pay the extra forty dollars to have the nicer terminal, to have the, the that that extra little nicety that Virgin seems to have. That the 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 good people at United have had beat out of them <laughs> over the last twenty years. Of I work. like how you even looked, man. I have, if I know Virgin flies somewhere, I don't even look. Yeah, the reason too. we flew, I, the reason we flew this way is because this was, you know, Screw Attack was nice to fly us out. They flew us out before I think Virgin was flying to Love Field, Dallas, that yeah. Dallas Love Field, and like that was a game changer. You know what I mean? Like if Virgin goes there, I don't care how, what the price difference is. Now, granted, you, we have the credit card and the, the yeah, priority the and all that stuff, but it's, it's like awesome. Free bags. even without that, yeah, yeah, no, I'd be all over it. You yeah, got to have some loyalty. You got to stand for something. It's it is just the most frustrating thing sure. in the world. I feel like we had a especially especially bad couple days right. with the airplanes and stuff. And yesterday we we're on the little the tram that takes oh, the parking and it like breaks down all. So this we finally stuff. land. Oh, we're excited God. for this trip to finally be over. And we go down to get bags. All the bags come off the carousel because we had to check them because we have equipment or whatever. Right. No, all the, all we the didn't bags... have to check them. That was the funny thing is when I got they were like if you're. There's no way. There's not going to be any bin space left. And I get there, and there is so much bin space left that you could have fit, fit more human beings on the plane in the bins. And I'm like, gee, I, I'm almost like wondering if they've ever heard of this thing called a walkie-talkie, where I'm like, just give the person in the plane like an ability to talk to you and be like, oh, no, we're good. Don't worry about it. Just get more people on the plane so these people can be on time, for Christ's sake. But no, they're using telekinesis to try to figure out. 
if there's bin space left. And like, no, I don't think there is. They're any moving bin space things left. in the bins. <laughs> <laughs> so we land there. We get there. All the bags come off the carousel except the tripod that the camera's on. So we have to go over there, talk to them. They're calling, radioing over. Even the lady radioing the United baggage people is getting all upset because they're not understanding the simple thing she's trying to say. Then it finally pops out. We're like, great. We'll all go to Nick's car. We have Grimecraft. Not take his Uber. You can. Come, we'll give you a ride. We're all bros. We fucking get up there. We get on the air tram. Then we realize we're on the wrong air tram. Step off. Wait for the next air tram. Never comes. We're like, all right, we'll get on the other air tram. It'll just go. It'll be a little bit longer. We get on that air tram and look at the map. And it's like, well, no, that's gonna be way longer. Get off at the next stop. Get on the right tram. It goes like three stops. Then it's like. It goes all the way to the stop before the one we're supposed to be at, and then stops. And it's like, and yeah, then the doors broken. open, and then after maybe five minutes, someone comes over. The this is temporarily out of service. I'm sorry. No update yeah, as to it when it might be. It didn't say leave. It didn't say. It didn't say, say get off. They were just like, that's it. Oh so we God. get off. We walk down. We walk over. Get to Nick's car. Drive over to Tim's house to break up and switch out. So Colin and I'll go with Tim with the bags to bring back to HQ. It'll take Grimey home. And I'll take poor, poor Grimecraft, who has been in our car, been with us <laughs> at this point, for an extra for hour years. and a half. And yeah. he's just like that. I was like, that, that $40 Uber ride would have been worth it. He's like, I know. It's, I'm having fun, though. He had a good time. We get there. Tim's car's gone. <laughs> There's yeah. no car. My brother took my car without telling me. So there was no way to get back to Greg's. So then Nick had to drive us all completely out of his way to, this, to Greg's house. And uh, my lord, it's uh, the, it's clear. It, it should be clear that by this point, this stuff wasn't United's fault somehow. Yeah, it still uh, was. I still blame I, him. I, I I was looking things up because I, I know I've read this before. So in 2013, it says this was like based on 2013 stats. Virgin America, headquartered in Burlingame, California, did the best job on baggage handling and had the second lowest <laughs> rate of passengers in the United States due to overbookings. United United Airlines, whose consumer complaint rate nearly doubled last year, had the worst performance. United has merged with Continental Airlines, but has rough spots in integrating the operations of the two carriers. That was in 2013. Then last year, it said that its on-time arrival rate was a little over 75%. So can you imagine paying... And there were airlines like Hawaiian Air and Alaska that were in like the 90s. So can you imagine... Paying all this money and then just one out of four times are just gonna just like that's no I don't have to imagine it it's yeah, one out of every four times life. I'm like this ah uh, United it's any time honestly it's any time I'm not on Virgin America I have some fucked up experience mm-hmm. like something's late delayed whatever it's not that Virgin's perfect yeah obviously, no for but sure like, I've had a couple little issues but they're always little things they they handle them well yeah that's always yeah. the it's delayed here's why it's delayed here's when it's gonna be fixed thank you Virgin this sucks but thank you. When we were at IGN, like everyone had such a freaking boner for United because everyone's like, "Oh man, we've been flying it for years, so we have all these like points and shit." I'm like, "But you have points for something that's horrible. It sucks. Like no one wants to be a special member of United. I don't well, want to get on that plane no, early look, if you're because I'm just gonna be on it for three more hours. That's true. But if you are Premier, like that, you do have some good perks. Like they have that other, the whole other security line that you can go through, which is nice. Yeah, all that shit's nice. Um, but you know, at the same time, yeah, if you're not, if you don't spend thousands of dollars in the airline, they treat you like. The bottom of your shoe, where they're like, "Ew, I don't want to interact Ew. with you. I don't want to give you anything, and everything is going to cost you twice as much." The, the The Economist, which is a great magazine, says the United merger is a grand, and it's citing it's citing someone talking about this. So he says the United merger is a grand example of a consumer sinkhole, a merger that proves to be not just a one time event, but an ongoing disaster for consumers and shareholders who suffer for years after. I wasn't the only one who had noticed the airline's descent. Since 2011, United has piled up a mountain of consumer complaints. According to one report, only Spirit Air, which is notoriously bad. Uh, I'm throwing that in there. Uh, <laughs> this whole Spirit Air is like the, is like the Ryanair of the United States, right? Like you get charged for like everything. Um, 
uh, has more complaints, it says, uh, and has repeatedly tallied some of the worst quality rankings in the nation, trailing even discount airlines like Frontier and Airtran. A website named United.com collected these complaints. United tried to sue it out of existence. Um, and what they're basically saying is, that, like, it just it's just the nature of how big they are and how bloated they are, I think. And the... The, the 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 funny thing I say about Virgin, I, I think I've told this story before, is I flew Virgin literally the first week, Virgin America literally the first week they existed uh, to L.A. This was mm-hmm. in, in the spring of 2008. And uh, my plane was delayed four hours out of San Francisco, and I was just going to L.A. And uh, the pilot, like, they had a whole scheduling fucking snafu, like, where the pilots and the flight attendants, like, had no idea where they were supposed to be and shit. It was, like, all sorts of fucked up things. And I remember the story specifically that I've told is that they had problems with their jetway and stuff, and then we're, like openly like compl- like saying like that they feel like their competitors were fucking with their jetway and stuff and i was like what the fuck and I, I, even at that time i was like i'm never flying virgin america and these guys suck and for like a year and a half like i i didn't and then like they started getting their shit together and that's the kind of the point of these particular stories is that it just seems like they're not united just can't get its shit together because i i know united is considered awful you know like it's considered a bad airline and that doesn't just happen for no reason. No one talks like right. that about Delta. No one talks like that. And I'm sure Delta is not very good or, or not mean, great. I mean, but but no one talks. Like, United just seems to be synonymous in many ways from what I've just read anecdotally on the internet or on Twitter and stuff with just, like, a really bad customer experience for a lot of people. And I would never voluntarily fly them unless, like, I ha- I absolutely had to fly this airline. Like, this is how you have to get yeah, there. Yeah, like, if, if I was, like, Kentucky is a good example. Like, we just couldn't figure out another way to get there. Right, right. You know? We thought about a train. But even but remember even when we went to that's a great example even when we flew United and and went to Kentucky and had a fine flight there then they lost our luggage you remember that yep how can I forget like I was like what the fuck <laughs> you know they I remember they, we were with Sin and we were with uh, 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 Cheryl and they just lost their luggage. Didn't when they rolled up? Didn't they almost give Sin the wrong bag too? Yeah, he wasn't paying attention. They would so have it's given always the wrong bag. something. You know what I mean? It's always, yeah. even to get we get off and we're like, all right, that was fine. We got here on time. We're in Louisville, yeah. and then we go and get our bag. And they're like, just two of our bags just aren't there. It's like, oh okay. The only good thing about this whole experience and being stuck on that United flight forever was Grimecraft. Grimecraft was amazing. That's oh, where there we were met two him. Two good things. There was that, and then there was the world's cutest dog was on that flight also. And oh, that was the, the only way thing. Back, Every yeah. time I saw that dog, I was like, okay, I'm okay. I can make it another hour. Portillo's right here. Insult him, you know, play him out like well, that. Well, there was a younger, cuter dog. I mean, he, was a puppy. he was a he puppy. He was a puppy. He was good. Very cutest puppy is fun. Yeah. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Game Over Gregory show each and every week. Four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can get the shows early each and every Friday. But if you don't want to give us any money, it's no big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny where we put it up day by day, topic by topic until we post the entire thing as one big video and MP3 for your amusement on YouTube and podcast services around the globe. So I'm just reading this. It says I'm reading I'm reading the street.com. This is interesting. This is very interesting. It says, what's wrong with United Airlines? A little bit of everything. And the story says, uh, beleaguered United poses the airline industry's biggest question. What's wrong with United? No one seems to be able to answer it with certainty. United has generally disappointed since its 2010 merger, blah, blah, blah. It says, now United is under the microscope, but no one has isolated a single cause for its continuing underperformance. Rather, it seems to be a multitude of problems are to blame. The airline's pilots have been the most vocal critics. In a letter to members in April, leaders of the airline's Newark pilot domicile called on CEO Jess Smisek, who we found in the, uh, the magazine, right. Hemisphere Magazine, to step down. They blame problems in intra-company communications, bad morale, excessive outsourcing, and chronic information technology issues from driving away premium passengers. Quote, Delta and American get the suits. We get the flip-flops and backpacks, they wrote. Is that is – that, it, It's fucked up, man. Yeah, it's like – I mean, you, you know, you want it, any kind of customer, I would assume, but – 
Aviation consultant Bob Mann said he wonders whether executives know what they're doing. What's I'm sorry, what's wrong? Whether they have done something and are waiting for a response or whether they just they don't know and are just struggling. So it's a it's a question a lot, it's an open-ended question. We you know, it's it sucks to have to beat up on United so much, but it's just like that's kind of it seems like in other words, it seems like that's a reputation they've actually earned with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. Tim. Yeah. What's your topic? My topic, Greg. Earlier today at lunch, we, we were talking, we were eating, we were doing all this stuff. We do, and you do, brought we up, do all those things at lunch. We do those things at lunch, yes. And uh, you brought up this Joker fan theory. Right. Going on about the, the Suicide Squad movie. and About the DC then, Universe as a whole. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how the Joker fits into it and who he might be. Okay. And all this stuff. It sounded really interesting and I don't know anything about it. Okay. Because I was working during lunch. Well, it's also something I do. That's... You're using the word working liberally. Yeah. You're working liberally. I want you to explain this to me. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, I'm a big DC Comics fan. We've This is the third week in a row where we've had some, a DC Comics movie mm-hmm. topic, which makes me incredibly happy with my life. But what happened is uh, last week on Reddit, a user posted a theory about who Joker was in the cinematic universe. And people tweeted at me a whole bunch about it. Have you read this? Have you read this? And I was like, yeah, it sounds interesting. I read it. I'm like, it's interesting. I like it, but whatever. And then Angry Joe did a video about it today. Shout out to Angry Joe. Go watch it where he went through and sh- showed his friend about it. And when I saw it like that, I'm like, well, I should present it to my friends too. You guys, of course. And of course, the best friends watching. So We are the best friends you've ever had. Hey, Greg, I'm your friend. So is Colin and Tim and Kevin. Well, don't throw Kevin. All right. no, no? We don't need to include Kevin. Kev- no. We're being nice to each other. We talked about that. We're being nice to each other. We never said anything about Kevin. If this was a cigarette, I'd take a drug and I'd go, ah, flick it at him like that. <laughs> right in his crotch. He would burn his <laughs> crotch. To the dick. Oh, my God. All right. So where we're starting here, and there will, I'm going to eventually move into one spoiler for Batman Arkham Knight. One spoiler for Batman Arkham And I mean, it's not going to be read in here, but I will get to it soon. We will do the whole head pat thing where I turn it on, give you my Arkham Knight spoiler, and then head tap it off. Nope, that's now you're confusing them. Maybe they just turned it off. They don't even know what that means. So this one comes from fan theories over on Reddit. Jason dash G one six nine. All right. Um six nine. Six nine. Six, six, nine. Oh, Jesus God. Let six, me preface seven, this by saying this theory has been around for a while and I just want to go a bit more in depth. Also, I love the Joker's look, so this theory is not some excuse because I dislike the design. The Joker we're going to see in Suicide Squad is Jason Todd. Everybody familiar with Jason Todd? Yes. You? Yeah. Rick Todd's brother. Second Robin. Sweeney Todd's brother. Second Robin. <laughs> he took over after Dick Grayson. <laughs> in tra- traditional canon, killed by the Joker. Right. Beaten with a crowbar. When was he the, death, when was he the, the demon family. barber of Fleet Street? I'm making Broadway jokes now. No, I know. It's good. Johnny, what's sad is I get them all. Johnny Depp jokes. Uh, Beaten with a death by the the Joker and a death in the family. Then he came back and he was Red Hood running around doing that thing and stuff. Um, I know what you're thinking. That's kind of lame. The Joker is the Joker, not Jason. My theory consists of, number one, the newspaper. With the You Let Your Family Die. We saw this in the Batman v Superman trailer, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. we looked at it and said, oh, well, it's a, you know somebody writing in because the Wayne, the Wayne building got destroyed in Metropolis and those people die. Of course, it would make sense if Jason's doing that, calling out the fact that, number one, he's a failing and then that beyond that. And it was also, it looked like it was the Joker writing, right? It looked like that, that, that scrawled yep. out, yep, messed yep, up, yep, scratched yep, yep. out Joker writing. Next piece of evidence, the Robin suit and the memorial inside the Batcave. Mm-hmm. Another part of the Batman v Superman trailer, that Robin suit that says, ha, 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 joke's on you. And then... <laughs> this Joker looks very odd and completely different from what we're used to. It is probably just a design choice, but it could be because Jason is the Joker and does things his way. 
this theory now goes into a whole bunch of in-depth, but we'll just go around because you don't need to do it, right? Jump around a bit. What I like about the theory is there's a whole bunch of interesting things in it. The Robin suit inside the Memorial Batcave, haha, joke's on you, Batman. What's interesting about it is that looks like it would be fresh, right? Like, why would Batman... Batman always has the suit up for Jason Todd in, in, in the glass case. Like, all right, this is... You know, we're going to honor Jason's memory, this Robin who passed away or whatever, beaten to death. Um, this would imply that... he. I don't think he would keep it up if it was defaced from the get-go. So was, is it defaced in this movie? Is it defaced in the, the timeline we're dealing with, right? And if so, how would the Joker know how to get in there? Would Joker then know that Batman's Bruce Wayne? Is it... Not that I know anything about it. Is it sure. possible that it's a reminder of his hatred or like how he's it that, that's the target and he, so that's always been the condition of the suit? It's very possible that that's the case. It just seems out of character from what we've ever seen before. Mm. It does seem like a disres- disrespecting Jason more than disrespecting Batman, but it could be a motivational factor. I agree with that one. That yeah. is, that, that's, that's how I wrote it off in my head, yeah. that it was there to keep him motivated. Yeah, I don't think that's too crazy to, to assume. I, I would think it, I wouldn't imagine that that was a fresh thing that just happened. Sure. Next. The you let your family die thing in the newspaper. I like I, that makes sense to an extent. Because why? Because you know, very few people outside of us refer to their their coworkers as family, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a normal thing. And so, unless there's Dominic Toretto does, it's true. Yeah. There's been theories, of course, that the girl Bruce is running up to in the trailer is actually his daughter. Maybe then his wife dies in the building. You know what I mean? Uh, there's been theories that maybe yeah, the, the paper with the scrawl on it is just some deranged family member blaming him for the death. But why would you blame what he opened a Wayne Enterprises building in Metropolis? So now he's liable for everyone getting crushed by a bunch of super powered heat vision dudes. That doesn't make much sense. Jason using it against him would make sense, especially yeah. with the same kind of scrawly handwriting, right? This is interesting because without knowing this theory, at least those two things you said, I didn't think of it the other way. Yeah. I thought of it this way. Right. Like from the get-go. Right. I didn't think of it being the family dying in the building. I thought of it as some Joker shit. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how would – but again, how would Joker know that Bruce is Batman? Or is Joker just writing to Bruce Wayne and saying, you let your family die? Hmm. See what I mean? Like what's his motivation Mm. there? Like that's the thing is like I can make a – Million assumptions and reasons for all these things, and like, oh, that, but I don't have the motivation for them. Well, maybe the Joker knows, but he's the Joker, yeah. so he's not going to tell anybody. You know, there's been storylines like that, like even the current Batman run, sure. where like he knows it's Bruce Wayne, but he's not telling people because that's not what it's about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would I have another question? I have a question. Lay it on me. If Robin's suit with Joker's text is on, is in the, the capsule, in the that's in the Batcave, yeah. presumably, yeah. yeah, wouldn't if. If the suggestion is that that's fresh, then Joker is somehow broke in to do that. Right. Then wouldn't he know that Bruce Wayne was Batman? Yes, that's what we're talking about. No, I know. So, like, but I guess I'm just not understanding necessarily why wouldn't he just blow that up? He's the Joker. Yeah. Like, that's not the point. I guess that's what I'm... I I mean, that's the thing is, like, I... That would be, like, a huge... That would be a big... That would be a massive secret. I I feel like... I feel like on this, we're getting... One of the reasons why I I don't think that this stuff's a reality is because there's just... This is too hard to tell in a story that's really about Batman versus Superman and Lex Luthor. But here's the thing I think we're all overlooking in a lot of ways, and I think I overlook, too, and that the theory makes very, very interesting, is the fact that, yeah, this is a lot to tell and to drop into Batman v Superman, Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da. What if... The Joker is not established. What if, I mean, like, because here, let, let me, I mean, like, let me, so you see he's, he, let me go in. He's let, new. Here's the way the theory, here's the way the theory is built on, right? That if Joker is Jason Todd, right? And this is where I'm going to pat my head and give you the Arkham Knight spoiler here. So stick out of it Patting for a heads. second, all right? I'm going to rub my tummy Arkham no Knight, reason. of course, does this thing. You, you've beaten it now, right? Uh, 
No, I'm not to the end, but I know what happens. So you can okay, cool. And so you've beaten it. You know what I'm talking. Where I'm going with this? They have the whole great flashback scenes of Joker torturing Jason Todd mm-hmm. and making him crazy and making him fall in line and think like the Joker, reprogramming him exactly, so to speak. reprogramming him to be this you know killing machine out to stop Batman to do all these different things. What's awesome is at one point you know he brands Jason Todd, puts a J underneath his mm-hmm. tear, which Leto's character has. Leto's Joker has a little branding J on his face, mm. which now as fucked up as the rest of the shit is on him, whatever, no big deal, right? But, like, the theory goes into the interesting points of, like, the branding's interesting, obviously. His teeth are all fucked up, right? And we think it's just because he wants to have grills or whatever. What if he got his teeth fucking beat the shit out Knocked of him with out, a crowbar? Yeah. Then put his on there. The damn shit, all the stuff written on him, him is this young kid re-released into the wild, totally out of his, out of his mind. Now, the story, I'm going to unpat my head now, okay? So let's not talk about, let's not talk about the Batman Arkham stuff anymore. Okay. I'm unpatting my head now. We're done with the Arkham Knight spoiler there. The theory that goes into this, right, is the fact that in this world, Batman v. Superman, let's say Batman beat Joker already. He didn't kill him, obviously, but his story wrapped up, and we, he knows he's dead. Mm-hmm. Joker's dead. You know, we saw the body. I know how this is. Da-da-da-da-da. And then he gets the paper and opens it up, and your family's dead, and that Joker's crawling. He's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because it looks like Joker's handwriting, right? I think they could easily be reintroducing here Joker. And he's like, I know Joker's gone. What are you fucking talking about? And then he sees him and knows it's Jason Todd, that this is something that happened, that I mean, this is how it's spiraled out. From just a sheer storytelling perspective, it's a, it's kind of that would be an interesting and almost brilliant move because then you would be – you would essentially be taking away the number, the the biggest uh, uh, chance for criticism that movie's going to have, which is the Joker wasn't as good as Heath Ledger. Right. But if it's a different Joker, if it's literally a different character altogether playing the quote unquote Joker, like similar to Beyond, right, where they had the Joker was in Batman Beyond, but it wasn't the Joker; it was like a new gang of Jokers, right? Right. So, <laughs> what's that? Nothing. Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're I, have, right. I, I, I haven't watched Batman Beyond too much, but I know they had a younger Joker that yes, was. Yes, they were yes, just. Yes, ta- they yes. were like, "Hey, we want to be the Joker. We're taking up the mantle of Joker." So in this case, it would be actually pretty fascinating to watch that because then people really the argument of like he's not as good as Heath Ledger's Joker would kind of go away because you're saying right. essentially it's not the same character. It's someone playing the Joker playing, or someone playing a character playing the Joker. If that makes sense. But I have a question about this. Sure. And we have to talk about Arkham Knight again. So okay. I'm going to tap my head. My fluffy hair, I have to cut. Um, it is getting, it's getting little spikes on the sides. I don't, I don't care. I like it. No, thanks. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, if that was true, specifically the branding, then that means Arkham Knight no. is canon. I'm not and saying that, it's the exact same but, thing. But I'm saying, is it, I mean, is it possible that art like that, that it's this, the well is so deep that these games, specifically Arkham Knight and the Arkham Knight himself as a character, which they just made up, yeah. is. Then the Joker in this, and so that's canon. That's almost a necessary prerequisite for understanding this movie, right? Like no. that, that theory would suggest that if, the, if these characters are the same, no, because they've already they've already. Are we still in spoiler line? I can't. Yeah, remember we we've already tapped our head. Um, no, because I mean that was one of the that was one of the thing, issues I had with the game was that it was actually I liked it better when he was Red Hood. I liked I liked that storyline better. Like it was basically the exact same story, but they just instead of like. Making him Red Hood, they made him Arkham Knight, Knight which yeah, is yeah, completely but I don't, absurd. But, but, you're like, well, okay, and you saw it coming from the second you saw him in that chair. Yeah, that yeah, very yeah, first yeah. flashback, you're like, well, so you heard come on, dude, really? But I guess I don't understand the relevance of the branding then in Arkham Knight if they're not connected. Well, because I think it's, just, it's just like a nod. It's not so much like a, it's in the literal same continuity, but it's more just like, oh, I'm going to take that aspect, that aspect. Like in the same way that, you know, in the original storyline, Jason Todd gets 
beat, but he gets beaten a bunch of different ways depending on what the thing is, but it all comes from that original source point. So mm-hmm. it's like this, it could just be like getting inspiration from it and like, you know, going from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, it's just too complicated. That's that is my big thing. Do we need to oh, pat, sorry. Kevin's Good. We're done. Heads. We're done with the Arkham Knight part. That's the big part is that it is really complicated, and I think yeah, but I I think if you do it where Batman v Superman is two three nods that are setting Bruce even more on edge. Of he gets this thing, what the fuck? He comes home to the cave, and the cave, the Jason Todd statue's been defaced. You know what I mean? Like his suit's got haha jokes on you, Batman written on it. That's the Easter egg in that movie, not even showing Leto ever in that movie, that's setting up Suicide Squad of, like, there's a new Joker in town. Uh, Meanwhile, from what we've seen, right, this Joker that apparently has enough money for his own Lamborghini and all this crazy stuff, which you assume Jason Todd had a trust fund or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird theory that my first reaction... Joker just steals shit whenever he wants. I'm just putting that out there. He steals custom cars. He does whatever he wants. He's a joker. I know he does whatever the fuck he wants. But what I'm saying is, this: the, I mean, they're trying to ground it, make it a more grounded Well, universe, you would think right? that if you were like, wait a minute, Jason Todd's the joker, maybe I should cancel Jason Todd's trust fund. Or may, maybe I should have done that when he was dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he died. Yeah, yeah. yeah the one, the, my sticking point is still what I was saying before, even though we, we had established the... Why wouldn't Joker just... It's the same... It almost reminds me of Dar- the, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, where, like, they tried to ruin Wayne specifically sure. you know, like wayne enterprises even though bane didn't necessarily know it, w- it was a whole weird happenstance about the bomb and stuff like that but <laughs> like to get to acquire the, the weapon i guess but why wouldn't they just to you why wouldn't they just why wouldn't they just ruin him you know what i mean or out him well no i, I mean because I, he wants to fuck with him because yeah, I mean, he forgot about it that's just you, weird you left me. him abandoned that's you, where you this, let him you let this happen to well, him you see, left that him make, yeah that makes sense because you he was like he couldn't save him and because of that, he was tortured almost nearly to death. And so there's retribution to be had, which I, I can appreciate. I like this idea. The more and more you start explaining it to me, the more and more yeah. I'm like, I hope they go in this direction because it would really set the series apart from the, the Joker movies that we've seen well, before. And in addition to that, I mean, what does this lead up to? A, the Batman yeah. standalone movie where he would, whatever character he is, whether it's Red Hood or whatever, be in that and be the bad guy and like. I love that. That sounds really cool. People have called out too that like in this. This is something we've seen from the first uh, image that when David Ayers put out that uh, photo of uh, Jared Leto. Like there's a. It looks like a wing thing on his arm, which originally people were like, "Oh, it's like because he's already killed Jason Todd." He put that there, and now people are thinking maybe it is a nod to him being having been a Robin or whatever. I don't know. Could explain the tattoos too, because if someone was to tattoo you. Maybe they would do that as as just to screw with you, right? That's like a great point too. All, I didn't thought about that. Body, yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, that's not even yeah, shit. it's not even a thing that he's doing. It's something that right. Joker did while torturing, sort of just like the J. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. Yeah, but I agree. Like that, my first reaction to it was funny fan theory. Sure, then it was like, well, yeah, if they if it was because when you hear it, you think it's all gonna have to be in the same movie, or it's all gonna be in Batman v Superman, or it's all gonna be in Suicide Squad. But if you parcel it yeah. all out and make it in a giant lead up to the Batman yeah. you know Batman I mean, that, Batman. see that makes sense I mean because that is what Marvel did with the Avengers movies mm-hmm. or, you know the yeah MCU. leading up to Avengers yeah it's all the little you bits and pieces like you bit. hear Ant-Man mentioned you hear all this stuff and then when it happens you're like oh yeah like it just kind of feels right this see, is I forget what they and need I, to so do. originally when I said that I don't think they do that because it's too it's too hard of a story to tell in Batman v Superman I forget we're gonna see Joker mainly in Suicide Squad right yeah uh, so they'll start, yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a brilliant idea of like to to sort of retell his backstory throughout those movies leading up to that that standalone Batman movie could be cool. But is it possible that Leto is also in Batman vs Superman in some respect? Sure, I'd awesome. be interested. I kind of doubt he's gonna be, but uh, like actually in it, like I'm sure. Just these nods, nods and references to the Joker and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll be in it, but 
I mean, that'll be the. I mean, that'll be a giveaway, I guess. Well, I, mean, I don't know. You imagine they'd have to confirm at some point early on that you know, how can you even trust that Batman? He killed like Joker guy or whatever, and then I don't know. All this starts happening. He killed the Joker guy again in this theory. He would've. got it. You know yeah, I mean, I mean the, the original Joker's Joker. Dead. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. we have uh, to assume that Joker. We have to assume that Batman has been out of out of commission for a while, right? Like they're still talking to him as the vigilante. Like he's the older Wayne. We're assuming he's kind of coming back into. into I'm. I'm. I'm I ever... haven't. That's been very confusing when you hear and look at the stuff. Right? Is he out of practice? Is he still going? He still I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean that that to me would be. That's the sticking point to me because if he hasn't been the Batman for a while, if it really is the Dark Knight story or the Dark Knight Returns story where he's been gone from the public eye for 20 years or 15 years, um, then, yeah, that would be a dead giveaway that this Joker's new because presumably then he, the other Joker's dead or has died or is gone or is yeah, you yeah. Know, something like that. Okay. Have they there's been, no way the Joker stays in prison for 15 years. I mean, I know we happening. all kind of want it and assume it, but like. Have they even hinted at all that that is the story they're going with, where it's him kind of being? No, out of it's it? it's that's the problem. Watching, that's the watching problem. the trailer, it's like it's not clear that Batman is just starting now. No, 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 no. He's not. He's definitely not starting now. But my, the, what I'm what I'm questioning is whether or not they are doing. And this is solely because of the suit mm-hmm. that 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 unbelievably awesome homage to the Dark Knight Returns, where he has to in order to fight Superman, he has to make the like get the big electrified suit. Um, that was what, and the gray in his hair, and the fact that he's a bit older, and the fact that like you know some of the some of the dialogue with him and Jeremy Irons about like what turns men cruel. Yeah, um, I I just maybe and that's me just maybe bringing my own stuff to it and no, hoping that, that they tell that story. There's enough. This is the problem with the trailer, and I, I mean, I mean, obviously the comments will for sure correct me if I'm wrong. I just haven't seen it spelled out on any of the fronts. If he stopped, there's a lot. There's definitely a ton of imagery in there where i could easily again make the case i mean he walks up you know when he's gonna and drags the fucking thing off the top of the bat signal as if he, there's as like if it hasn't there's been a there tarp really on it like yeah, it's been good. like it's been out of use forever you know what i mean I like, like the spinning suit could easily be another thing of like that when jeremy irons who i'm i'm sorry and I'll, when jeremy irons is or i assume is jeremy irons because it's right before he's walking up to what looks to be a ramshackle main wayne manor you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not 100% sure if, yeah, he's in the cave for the first time forever. If he's in the first time forever and then he finds, haha, Batman jokes on you. And he's mm. maybe Joker's stolen a whole bunch of shit because he is Jason Todd. That seems but, more likely to me. Yeah. I was just going to say, I love that meme that's going around with uh, with that shot of him pulling off the, <laughs> the thing off the bat, the bat signal where he's like, Batman is calling Batman. Or you, know shit's, yeah. you know shit's getting real when Batman's calling Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. No, but that's the thing is, like, when you start... You know, I, I don't know. I try not to fuck around with it too much because I want. I, it's going to be so hard for me to be surprised by anything in this movie because I'm yeah. going to devour everything that comes out. So I try to stay away from. But once you start falling it down, like I thought, the theory sounded totally preposterous. And then when you stop and think about it from a storytelling perspective, and if there is time off and there is that, and like it could actually be that, you know what yeah. I mean? But if it is that, let's let's assume for one second that it is that. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. I would be like, that's if it's that, it's smart. awesome, and it totally makes sense to what you're saying. Is right. like the fact that, yeah, you know, we don't have to worry about living up to Heath Ledger because this isn't trying to be not Heath him. Ledger. Right. Not yeah. a bit. similar to what they did with Star Trek, where it's like, well, let's kind of reset it a little bit here. Yeah. You know, I just wish they focused on some different enemies, though. You know, that's a you know, the, that's what Suicide Squad's for. I, but with the but boomerang they, man. Yeah, with boomerang, yeah, with all those classic Captain, classic Captain names. Boomerang, is Rick Flag Junior. Boomerang. Rick Flag Junior. Uh, like where it's like I wish that like there shouldn't be a worry about about Heath Ledger's Joker because they they should leave that character alone. You know what I mean? Like sure. at least in respect to the Batman core movie, is not so much Suicide Squad. I mean, he's necessary there. That's fine, but like just explore some of these other characters. You know, 
Like, well, we I mean, should really, they should, like, what's, what's up with the Riddler? Like, one of these other characters, like, just, why is it, why are we going back to that well again? We just went back, we just had that well not too long ago, and it was really good, so just leave it alone. But it's important because they're universe building here, right. like, this is the starting point, and, like, the but Joker the is so connected point. to so many of these things. They like, should end there. But it's like, yeah, but. It, not start there. Yeah, yeah, because you, you need to have you this have to have introduce the everyone else. If the Joker is the yin, the Batman's yang. Like you, in order, if you want to really tell a, 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 a true Batman story, and you're going to do that over a span of a few movies, the Joker has to be in that to some degree. Whether sure, he's a but why side is he character. in the beginning and I mean, not the end? The That's thing the about it, I mean, I understand what you're saying too, but the point is, like, this would be a def- this would be a brand new take on the Joker, which is really fascinating. You're cool. Take. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. I'm just saying that, like, I don't. Just as a cursory kind of Batman fan who just really likes the character and stuff, like I'm not enamored at all with this Batman Joker like relationship at all. Like I, I'm mu- much more enamored like with like it's it's cool to have the guy that like wants to watch the world burn kind of thing, but it's like I want characters that like are just crazier and you could tell like a different kind of story. I'm not saying they can't do that with a different kind of Joker, but I, right. if they want to if they want to ultimately go to that yin yang kind of relationship with them, like they should end on it. They shouldn't begin on it because it's then like where is he just gonna be the bad guy in fucking three Batman movies? Like that no, would be lame as hell. Will. But I mean so remember, also him. we've got like Justice League coming up, right? So you know who's gonna be the big bad guy in that Dark and, Side, Brainiac, you exactly. have to get to a giant and, like, thing. And so you have to get through these slower sort of smaller characters. Like I can't wait for the day where they actually decide to go Brainiac. Like that's gonna be really cool. And that story, even though we've seen it, will be awesome to see on the big screen, right? Brainiac comes to collect the last Kryptonian for his menagerie of you know, aliens and decides that he's going to destroy Earth in the process. Yeah. It's cool. Dark side. That's going to be awesome, right? But like, those are epic, epic, epic characters that you have to build up to. And if you do it right, they'll be cool movies. Um, but I think that, that to be, to get to that step, the number one thing they have to do is they have to, they got to get, they got to get over the, the stigma that is the Joker right now, because that's really going to be the that's going to be the point of comparison. Sure, I, I respect that. I respect that in the grander DC universe. But we're talking about like a new Batman trilogy, for instance, or these standalone sure. Affleck movies that are coming. I just don't understand where do they end then. You know, like Dark Dark Side's not going to be in Batman. No. So like it's it's like, but that's when you so once... you end with the Riddler, you end with Freeze or something like that. I'm just saying like, why wouldn't you start? Like, like, oh, you work your way through a game to get to the last. I, think, I don't think they're tr- they don't look at it as a trilogy anymore. Like. This the is ongoing. Dark Knight trilogy was yep. a trilogy. Yep, yep, this yep. is a movie in a series that has a bunch of other. I think to them, there's no end. Correct. You yeah. know what I mean? So don't paint yourself in a corner, but get out the things people want and that moviegoers want to go see and do things. Well, yeah, that like, makes sense. Like, people really don't look fun. at Iron Man as a trilogy. Yeah. You know? I mean, the way, I mean, like, this theory is cool, right? And, it, and the, the only way it could be possibly cooler, right, is if they set it all up or whatever. And whenever, whether it's, in, it's not going to be Suicide Squad, obviously, because I don't even know. Suicide Squad's super interesting in this theory because I always thought Suicide Squad was the Suicide Squad going after Joker. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if it's not, I'm not 100% sure how he interacts, which is fascinating and awesome and interesting. You know what I mean? If, if it's setting up Batman's standalone to be him chasing down the Joker, he beats him. And then the after credit scene, what if mm. after credit scene, credits go, black things, so people are sitting around and talking and then... The purple suit walks in in the purple hat, and he's like, and, and "It's Joker," and he's just like, now, who, "Who's been impersonating me or something?" But it's Jack Nicholson. How <laughs> fucking awesome would that be? I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> that, that would probably break the internet if they managed to keep that a secret. It <laughs> just pops back in, and you're like, "Wait a minute, you fell eight hundred well, stories." Not, it's not the fucking eighty nines. Ba- it's just an old. We need I mean, an old Joker. We need somehow, an old Joker. If somehow they tied the eighty nine Batman into all this, get the Penguin back in there too. <laughs> done. I'd be like, done. I got. It's so funny. Um, oh, you got to watch that. Uh, I brought it back for you. Yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, you got to watch that documentary because it's Only really, really fascinating. I'm now I'm, on, I'm in Ken Burns land, but 
You'd like, I think you'd like this because it builds into oh, a no, lot of like those, I know, I will like it. I, think, I definitely will like it. They talk, they talk a lot about that too. They're like, like well, who's Burton. Superman going to fight? And there's all that, there's that famous like, you know, he went like Kevin Smith's original uh, screenplay was about him fighting Brainiac, and that was it. It would be interesting. It, it's actually those are out there floating. I've often thought about oh, going out there. Have you read them? Yeah. Um, I want to read them. I might start actually reading those on, on this next trip because uh, it sounds. Print like them just, off and, and have half glasses. And sit there on your thing and read. Oh no! I'm gonna bind them. I'm gonna put the two little brackets in, like they do with real scripts. That is the stupidest thing on the planet because the second you opened it, the brackets come out and the thing just falls apart. So I'm gonna do all that. It's gonna be really fun. All right, good. I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Good. Great. Colin, what's your topic? Uh, so today people aren't gonna see this for over a week if they're watching on YouTube. But today the um the site Ashley Madison was uh hacked. And uh, Ashley Madison is a website, a, a, a website of, of uh, ill repute to some people that is designed to um, to facilitate the cheating of on spouses, like mm-hmm. without you know, I don't want to say without repercussions, but kind of doing it discreetly. So you're basically finding, you're looking for people that are looking to cheat on their spouses, and you're cheating on your spouse, and you like set up a rendezvous. So it's like a dating site with you know, a, kind of a more the prerequisite is being married. Yeah, essentially. I mean, that's what my assumption is. Anyway, I want to talk about a grander thing because. It, so this website was hacked, and these hackers claim to have – and by now, maybe this has already settled itself out in some way or another, but that's not really the point. The, the hackers claim to have 37 million people's information, mm-hmm. like names, credit card information and stuff. And what's really damaging on like other websites like where a healthcare provider gets hacked and they have your social security number or something, which is – these are all tragic things. What's, what's interesting here is that this is a hack in which people are being held ransom for their impropriety and their immorality. Mm-hmm. And – I was curious what you guys think about, A, the site existing, because I remember the site being a big deal a few years ago when it came out, um, and B, what you think about the celebratory nature of some people on the internet today, and a lot of people on the internet that are like that are like egging this on and want and want these people to pay and stuff like that, and, and I tweeted out this morning um, that on one hand, you live by the sword and you die by the sword, right? Like, if you're going to do this kind of thing, then it's almost poetic in a way that you would be outed in some spectacle, right? But... I then tweeted and I said, I know this is not going to be a popular point of view, but I just don't think these people deserve this. You know, like, and it's mostly because it's no one's business that this is happening. Like, they're not doing anything illegal. They're not, they're not breaking any laws or committing any crimes. They're not stealing. They're not murdering. They're not uh, assaulting. These are consensual adults that are breaking the vows of marriage, but we cannot police immorality. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm curious, like, what you, what your guys take is on this situation, because I, I don't. It's weird for me to feel bad for people that are that possibly might get outed for for being immoral, but you can't do this to people. You know what I mean? Like you, like I just don't. Yeah, I that's... don't like everyone has skeletons in their closet. Everyone and like, and they're not necessarily they're not necessarily awful things, but there's just things that about you or about your your sexual life or all these things that you don't want people to know, and it's and it's no one's business. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I don't mm-hmm. personally celebrate the culture of just fucking raising and i mean r-a-z-i-n-g of like you know raising the internet and just like burning everything to the ground and fucking just embarrassing anyone you can and outing anyone you can and just random fucking people that did nothing to you like so so what's your take on a the website existing ashley madison and b what do you think about these people kind of being held hostage by this this hacker but that's that's my thing is the thing that i was uh find fascinating about this the same thing with what happened when all those the cell phone pictures came out of all the celebrities right which is uh, the, the dialogue always seems to be about whether or not they should store the, these pictures or send these pictures to each other, and less about it's more about that and less about why are we not trying to figure out and go after the people that have 
broken federal laws Why to hack into servers. Why are we condemning the celebrity and not yeah, the person who broke the law? Like, at the end of the day, um, if it's a legal site and you choose to use it, sure, it's immoral. But if there's no law being broken, like, you can't be prosecuted. The question is more, how... Why why is it okay that people are allowed to hack into a private business and screw with its clientele and get away with it? Because I'm like, have they caught those people from the the cell phone picks yet? Like, has anything been done with that? Is it just an? I'm, I, we know. I, like, I we don't hear about that. I think they did. I think did they, they got. I think someone got arrested for I that. Don't know. I hope so. Um, it, it's just one of those things. Like that that always that always uh, makes me a little sad about society today, where you know we live in a country where. Whether or not you're moral or immoral, you're still protected by the law. Um, and that doesn't necessarily always tr- uh, transfer over to the court of public opinion where people just decide that you're guilty because you've, you've done an impropriety um, and that you deserve your privacy. You deserve to, to allow someone else to break a law so that you could be shown for what you are, which that when you start going down that road – really represents the fundamental decline of modern civilization you cannot let that happen like sorry we are protected by laws whether or not we decide to do ridiculously disgusting and immoral immoral things um as long as we're not hurting anyone else or breaking the law we are allowed to do that in this country that's what makes that is one of the great things that makes this country amazing um so i just think i think it's always it's a little sad when you when you when you hear those stories because you know the second you see that you're like no one's going to talk about the guys that, that are going to get arrested seven months for this after the, the FBI figures out who they are. They're just going to talk about the one guy that may or may not have had the consent of his wife to go on this website and do this. Or might have just been single and looking for someone to go on this website and, and hang out with or, or have sex with or have some whatever sort of relationship he wants to have behind closed doors. Um, I don't think that's true, though. I mean, you, I feel like there's like a lot of emphasis put on the, per- the people doing this and it being wrong. Sure, like, always. But you know, they don't, that doesn't make news when they get arrested. Obviously, but right? it does. what makes more news is that I mean, we had no idea if those people from the celebrity picks. No, got, but I mean, I, I, I remember seeing stuff like that, and like, like there was so much articles about all that sure. stuff. Like, it definitely it does make news. Like that is that is it's the not news. as big a news, and it's not as big a news. Like, why is it even something to be debated? Like, it's wrong that people got their personal information put out there. That they that they. Well, I don't think they, there's a debate. Well, we are, we're debating right now. There are, it is. There is a debate. There are people saying that these guys should be Today burned. there is. But to, but to Tim's point, or Tim's, I think what Tim's kind of getting at is that there is an imbalance between a situational imbalance that I don't think is uh, is uneven. And what's ironic about it, and we talked about it today on Colin and Greg Live, is that what Gawker did last week when they outed that the CFO of Condé Nast mm-hmm. and were completely complicit in his blackmailing and protected their source and outed this family dude out of context a guy who by the way denied that this shit ever even happened they just published the story anyway everyone you almost unanimously was up in arms about the way they treated that guy right Mm -hmm. they just found a random person who is not a public figure he's not a politician he's not a guy who's out there being like i'm against blah 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 and i'm for family values and they caught him doing this shit he's just some dude right who happens to be a cfo and he's probably rich and who cares but they found him and they 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 possibly ruined him Right. And there's real life consequences for that man now, regardless, mm-hmm. always, forever. Whenever Google, anyone Googles his name, it's over for him, you know, in that regard. And everyone was unanimously, rightfully so upset about that. And then I wake up today and, and there's and it's not everyone because some people are a lot of people are, you know, there's a split. But people are like, fuck these guys and they deserve to be out. And then stuff. I'm like, whoa, what is the difference here? There is no difference. Yeah, there really you know? isn't. Like there's no difference here. These people went to a website where they thought they were protected. And to your point. We don't know the individual stories. Of I'm sure there are some fucking scumbags out there. No, like, yeah, well, like, I'm sure there's well, guys like, with ten kids who have three families who are getting in there trying to do horrible things and offering women money for sex. Like that's 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 deplorable and sure. And I don't agree with that. And I hope people don't choose to do that. But it's still legal. Exactly. And 
to that point, I even went a step further and I said, this for, for a person who's not on the internet or like doesn't have a, a, a an internet presence with their names out there now associated with with Ashley Madison, and this is so people are going to associate these things forever. I'm like, is it really right? to color a random person on this site who might be cheating on his wife or she's cheating on her husband or whatever's going on. Is it really right to paint that person in that light only as if they, they've done nothing, they've else. done nothing else with their lives. I know people that have cheated on other people and I know people that have been cheated on, you know? Yeah. And I know that on both sides of those things, there are victims and, and it's wrong and it's fucked up. It's a fucked up situation. It's awful. But I know that people that I know people that have done that stuff that are actually good people. Yeah, it's and they make and, and they make like a bad ma- mistake or they make a bad choice. And I just feel like it, this this is almost zero sum game of like, well, the internet's gonna fucking get you now. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's a witch. I don't hunt, like right? that shit. It's awful. It's it's an awful yeah. thing. You can't. Uh, the what I you know I I, I cited all, all earlier with like you know um, live by the sword but die by the sword, which is a, a biblical thing. And there's another biblical saying, which is you know he who is without sin cast the first stone. Right, like you know as in which basically means like. If you feel like you can judge this person, then fucking do it. But you better be without sin yourself. And everyone, not that I'm a biblical person or a, a religious person, but I, I I do believe you can find a lot of morality, especially in the New Testament. And that resonates with me. Like like I said, we all have things that we don't want people to know about us that are not necessarily bad or wrong. They're just embarrassing or they're, you know, whatever they're they are. Commonly they're commonly upheld as okay. Yeah, or they're just, sure. it's just, there's or just, you there's, just don't want them out there. Yeah, it's personal. It's yeah. just personal. Yeah. And, you know, think about, there's 37 million people that have used the site. or ha- 37 th- million. You yeah. said that number earlier. And like, holy shit. So not cumulative right now, but 37 million over the time, right? And That's still and insane. It, it is insane. But like, there's people that have probably lapsed in their marriage and got back together. There's probably someone on there that cheated on their old, old spouse and are with someone new now and they're going to get outed. Sure. There's like, it, it's going to cause massive complications. Why do people want to cause fucking chaos? Because that's what it is. It's just fucking chaos. Yeah. You know, and I, know. I like why. And what's so weird about it to me is that the hackers are like, they're, they're, I was telling Greg this, the hackers, part of their manifesto, as far as I understand, is the site said that you, you can pay $19 to scrub yourself from the site completely. And, and but but in fact, they've been saving everyone's data anyway. And to punish the site, they're going to release those people's names. That's basically it. And they said the only way to stop it is if the site is erased from existence completely. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, so because the website wasn't protecting, wasn't letting people to delete their information, even though you, the website had clearly no intent of releasing that information, mm-hmm. you're going to steal it and release it. Right. And I'm like, okay, that just simply doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, that's it, just straight anarchy. It's you know? just anarchy. I mean, these people just ha- derive a sense of fulfillment and pleasure from seeing other people, quote unquote, be punished for their indiscretions. Well, and for them to get headlines and stuff. Maybe. Sure. Like people are talking sure. about them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, there's some sort of validation in this. Right. And I don't, I, and it's unfortunate. And like, look, the sad thing is that people, uh, that can, that have the intellect to be able to do this could do so much more with that talent. And you spend your nights and weekends trying to figure out how to hack a porn site or, or a, a hookup site. Do something better with it, man. Like why, why, again, it's, it's what we always say here. Why live in the negative? What are you doing that, you're, what are you trying to prove with this statement other than you know how to be really nasty and make someone's life terrible? And, like, how is that going to make life in it ever better? How is that going to make the world better? Yeah, right? it would be really interesting to hear the people that did it, like, why they did it. Because if their reason is, like, outing these people because they believe that that's wrong and think that. What possible good reason could there be for doing it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is not a good reason. But right. I mean, just, like, the reason they're doing it being, like, they believe that the adultery is wrong and, like, these people need to learn from like be punished for whatever and it's if that's the reason they did it it's like 
Man, that's that's scary. That's like some god complex shit. Yeah, I mean it's messed up. And then hope, mob mentality. the hope is that they they soon realize that hacking is illegal and they get to go to jail for a while. Um, so is it? I I don't really just know the technicalities of all this stuff, but there's no legal ramifications of cheating on if you're married. No, it's not against no. a lot of cheat. Okay, unless I mean the there's only ramifications like if you have a prenup, like then you'd be then you'd be yeah, liable for that. Yeah. And you'd have to pay or do whatever whatever, whatever your prenup says. But if there's no prenup, then it's just. You just mean you generally can't legislate morality, and we and we talked about that today too on Colin and Greg that there are total examples of us legislating morality, but generally you 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 know for instance Civil Rights Act, but like that's and but and there, so there are certain examples and, and righteous I think right right examples, but you can't go into someone's bedroom necessarily. I mean it's the same example we use. It, it, it's kind of congruent with the idea of like if two consenting adults want to get married regardless of their gender, let them get married. Who fucking cares? It's the same thing. Like we can't legislate those kinds of things. That's just. We have to support that, and if someone wants to, you know, we have a fifty percent divorce rate in the United States. We, yeah, forty-seven million people have used this website. I, a lot of people are cheating. I'm, I'm sorry, thirty-seven million people. A lot of people are cheating on their spouses, right, or on their significant yeah. others. It's an awful thing to do, but it's just the reality of. And I don't even say the modern world. This is as old as fucking relationships. So, I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it's right at all. I'm saying that, man, this is this is incredible. Like that that. People feel like they have the right to just inject themselves into people's private lives because, you know, even if, you know, I was talking to Cheryl about this, actually, about something unrelated where I'm like, John F. Kennedy was having affairs and everyone knew. Everyone knew that. Like, it was fucking obvious, but no one reported on it, you know, because it was like, well, like, what is that really why like it was before sensationalist media really i mean there's always been sensationalist well, yeah, media but because... but it's just like there was a line drawn in the sand. same reason why people didn't necessarily generally take pictures of fdr below the waist you know because like he was he was handicapped right you know he had polio and and he couldn't really walk and he was in a wheelchair all the time but they were like well what is that that makes him look powerless and and helpless and, weak, and yeah. it makes us look weak and that's not the story. The story is what the man's going to do. The man can still wield a pen and the man can still speak and orate. And so like, what, what is the big deal? And I just feel like there's not enough respect for those kinds of things. Everyone's always kind of looking for a scandal, but they're not looking for the news, you know? Right. And the news would be, for instance, with the Condé Nast CFO, if he was a public figure that was openly advocating for the eradication of gay marriage and for family values. And then it's, it's, it's come, it comes out that he was soliciting a gay prostitute. That is a story. Right. But to just ransack a person's fucking life, you know, yeah. who did nothing to you? Which is, and by the way, it, it, just, I don't know the full specifics on this guy, but the fact that he has one, he chooses to go out there and 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 have that experience does not necessarily mean that 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 he's living in sin or hiding from that. You know, there's a lot. It makes a lot of assumptions. Like it makes a that lot his wife of assumptions. Know. Like his wife doesn't yeah. know, and he's this. You know, he's been gay all along, and he just got me. No, no, maybe that's true, or maybe that's just an experience that he wants to have once a month. You know, and his wife's like, go for it, because I can't give that to you, because clearly I'm not a gay. Like, I'm not a guy. Um, you never know. Uh, it's just, it's unfortunate. It really is. Like, um, and Tim, to answer your question, I mean, I think there are certain, there is certain court precedents where if you have cheated, then you, that gives you uh, some sort of advantage or disadvantage in the, in the actual divorce. In civil, in civil suits. In though. civil suits, but it's not against mm. the law. So, mm. for instance, a judge will be like, was there an impropriety? Yes. Okay, well, then, you know, I'm granting this person's story. Because I think divorce has to be mutually agreed upon Got decision. It. And so oftentimes if someone says, look, I, I think it's a statewide thing. I'm not quite sure. Hopefully I'll never have to go through it. Um, but I think in certain states, if, if there's an impropriety and the impropriety could be proven, then that has ramifications. Mm. But it's all civil. You're not. No one's going yeah. to jail. No one's paying. You know, you're paying, but you're paying probably in alimony or yeah. or something like that or spousal uh, support. Man, 
Hopefully, again, hopefully I never have to know. But luckily, I think I, I paid that $19, so my, my Ashley uh, Madison is just erased. scrubbed. It's, it's gone. Scrubbed. It's, it's, it's gone forever. I always thought that what's, what's funny is I've come across that site, and I think we all have. At some point, no. you've seen you've seen the logo. It's, it's I popped up the at some point. thing that I saw, and this is what's interesting to me. It's like a hot chick in like like lingerie. 37 like, million people? meet sing other people? I'm like, Have oh, you ever heard of this thing, Kevin? Sure. Really? Man, all right. It was yeah, a big yeah. story when it came out because a lot of people were like, "Can like, what is the deal with this? But I thought it was one of those. I thought it was just a dating site. Because it's one of those, like, ridiculous amounts of porn pop-ups that when you're searching porn on your PC, you're hoping to God doesn't have a virus. And then inevitably, every five days, I have to call Kevin and be like, Kevin, Kevin, it happened again. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, the computer's talking to me again. I think it's a bot, but it knows my zip code. Um, (laughs) But I've I've seen those. I've seen it. And I'm pretty sure I remember in my brain, I think it's a girl in, like, laundry. And she's like, hey, do you want to meet other people? And it's one of those things where you put in, like, you know, you always get maybe, like, 90% 90% of the way through before they ask for your credit card and you're like, nah, I'm not doing this. But apparently there's 37 million people that have. Well, just to see, like, I was like, oh, this is this, these are the people that you can see in your area. And you're like, well, I'll see what's going on there. This is back I, before I, maybe I was Maybe it's just a generation course. thing. I've never done that. Well, you guys have I it, knew. You guys have it different now, though. You guys, every, yeah. everyone has, uh, you Tinder. guys have tons of apps that you can just be like, I'll swipe to the right and I see 30 chicks that I've worked with. And oh, look at that. That's them in a bikini. Oh, that's them wanting to hang up. Oh, I'm in their house right now. Oh, God. Did I, am I hang up? <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs> here's, here's the crazy thing about this is that, about Ashley Madison specifically, is that I, I, I remember so clearly when the website came out, and this must have been, it wasn't too long ago, like three or four years ago, I feel like. Maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe the time's a little off. But I remember that being a big story in the news cycle for a while about, like, should this website exist and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, the market clearly demands it. Now, the... the same with... It's the it's, same to me as Craigslist, right? Where How is it any yeah, different it, than, it, like, escorts a- a- advertising on Craigslist or uh, back, back, Backpage? The Backpage is the other one. Have you heard of this? Similar. It's the same thing. But it's, like, it's Craigslist. It's the thin veil of, hey, we, you can get a job on this website. But then you click, like like personals and it's just it's escorts it's basically an escort and it's, like, and it's them finding it's, and it's them saying like that the ironic thing is that it's them saying like it's a safe place for a spouse like people that are married that find other people that are married or whatever and just can get away with it and it's I, it sucks that like it sucks i mean it's it is what it is but it sucks for them that their their whole security has been broached like the company's I, i'll be really interested to see if the company can even survive probably because not. what this what they're massive. saying, what, so it's on Krebs on security is the guy that I think broke the story or one of the guys that wrote on it. And Krebs is a guy that used to write, I think, still writes for the Washington Post. And he's uh, an expert in online security. And he always, like, when Target was hacked and all these things, like, he's always the guy that has, like, all of this shit about it. Right. Really, really smart dude. And his website always comes up when bad shit like this happens. And uh, he was saying, like, I think it was on the site, he was saying, like, they were preparing for a $200 million IPO this year. And I was like, oh, my 99. God. You probably heard the screams and cries out of that office. Of like all of the people that have been there for a while, and we're all going to get a piece of that pie, being like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Like right. we were so, like we were, we're so, so close. close, and now we're going to be three hundred million dollars. They're going to go bankrupt. Yeah, I think it's probably over for them. And and I and it's Are you me? if if even one person has something bad happen to them because of that, this is going to be a huge class action. But the ironic thing Krebs was saying was that the security, the, their security is really good, and they have a guy. So they like they had these like internal surveys that they released like the hacker found all these internal surveys they were giving Mm -hmm. and their director of security was like this is a big problem if this happens like he like he knew he was like he's like if he's like what is the biggest concern of happening that you know to Ashley whatever the fuck it's called and it was like it was like if we 
if our if we're compromised, it's a huge yeah. fucking issue for us. And, but what they think is that someone that was like contracting or internal there like did it, figured it out, and mm-hmm. did it. But that's that's the same with any site, right? Like that's the same with any social media site, any site that's that's collecting mass amounts of data and has a quote unquote expectation of privacy behind those. Once you get behind those closed doors, what I what I have never been able to, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, and I don't judge people for doing this, but I have never been able to bring myself to put that credit card info in to any site like that before. You know, like I've never. I've no, even back in like the early 2000s when like hunting for porn hunting for it. porn on the internet was like Mad Max where you were like water you know like I found it and then oh someone's going to charge for it uh, maybe, you know I never felt the need to do that so like I can't imagine I, there's just some part of my brain that's so paranoid about that of like be, there being any sort of paper trail to the sick twisted thing like things that are in my brain even though I know that with beyond a shadow of a doubt like easily people could discover yeah. the, the twisted shit that I've endeavored on. But that's um, different, though. I mean, I I would never cheat on my wife, but if I was going to... Like, why would you put your credit, you know? I would not do it... Don't do that. At a like, place don't, to better, cheat on your wife. Anywhere, but, where, anywhere where there's a click remember me button, like remember my information. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like, it's pop up it's on your, past, your, uh, your credit card information and stuff like that. It's the same with like, Share on Facebook. Share yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen, like, you see all these massage parlors all around uh, San Francisco, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm fascinated by these things because, like, they're still in business. People still go to them. The cops know about this. They know that these are, like, places where guys go to get sexual favors, yet they're still here. So... That what that tells me is that at any given point, if you go into one of those things, you might get arrested. So why would you do that? Like, maybe maybe it's out of desperation, maybe it's out of loneliness. And I'm not, again, I'm not judging, but like, but get that part of your brain, get paranoid because it'll only serve you well. I think. Yeah, I'm reading Ashley Madison's Twitter account right now, and they've they've gone silent ever since they released their sure. statement. But it's like, are you stay at home dads more likely to cheat? And then uh, they just have all these things globally. 39.4% of men and 40.9% of women watch porn five to seven times a week. AshleyMadison.com is one of the largest dating sites. Where in Mexico are the cheating hotspots? And they have a map of all the places where people are cheating oh, most. Great. What's, are women... last, what's, the last, what's the last tweet they've done? Like, here's our statement. Oops. They, they have a right. statement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have a statement from Avid Life Media and then an update from Avid Life Media and then another update, actually, that's kind of more recent. Let's see what it says. <laughs> We're giving into demands and closing down the site. We were recently made aware of an attempt by our unauthorized, uh, unauthorized party to gain access to our systems. We apologize for this unprovoked and criminal intrusion into our customers' information. Blah, blah, blah. At this time, we have been able to secure our sites and close the unauthorized aspects points. We are working with law enforcement agencies, blah, blah, blah. Contrary to current media reports and based on accusations posted online by a cyber criminal, the paid delete option offered by AshleyMadison.com does, in fact, remove all information related to a member's profile and communications activity. The process involves a hard delete of a requesting user's profile, including the removal of posted pictures and all messages sent to other systems' users' email boxes. This option was developed due to specific members' requests for such a service and design based on their feedback. As our customers' privacy is of the utmost concern to us, we are now offering our full delete option free to any member in light of today's news. Too late now. So they went from 37 million to one. The one dude that didn't get that email. He's not checking his Twitter. It's like, shit. I'd be super interested to see uh, what the activity on the site is today compared to a normal day. Because they're probably getting hit a lot on the front, but then, like, on the back, are they, are they, like, are people logging in and still using it? Or are they, like, are people, people are freaking, th- th- this is the thing is that people, there are millions of people out there, they're freaking 37 million the people. fuck out today oh yeah and like and that's the point i'm trying to make like are they bank robbers did they murder someone did they hurt someone no they uh, they hurt someone but emotionally maybe but like no they cheated on someone it's like and that's what i'm saying like now like they feel like their whole world's crumbling and do they deserve it i think it's an open-ended question but i i think maybe probably not 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 as a collective group of 37 million people certainly not no i mean yeah maybe sure 
I mean, again, you can't you cannot bring deserve into it. Yeah, deserve is you the just wrong can't bring word. that into it. It's wrong what happened to these people. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care what they're doing to their spouses. We can't judge that. You can't sit here and judge. But they the are, world loves the train wreck. I mean, that's the whole. That's sure. why this is that's so popular. They, this is. I mean, this goes back to you, thank you. This goes back to Scarlet Letter. Scratch, yeah, scratch. Some you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's not. It doesn't affect me. So uh, fuck it. You know, I'm make a bunch of funny tweets about it and do all this different stuff. Oh, whole bunch of nude photos of these celebrities have leaked. Well, that's their fault for being hot and famous. I'll read them and look at them and not care. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. until it comes, until you're on the receiving end, and it's your personal privacy being horribly, horribly vi- violated. Yeah, a lot of people think it's okay. It sucks. It's not yep. okay. We should be better to each other than that. That's and, the point. And, yeah, and, we should and, be. And if you've got, you know, if there's something out there that, that you just don't agree with, just don't don't engage with it. You know, that's similar to how we're not yeah. gonna ever if, if I if I have my if I can ever uh, you know make this happen ever ever take a United flight again. I just don't want. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be uh, funny. My normal funny self, right, Kevin? Kevin's Gary sleeping over there. Um, I'm saying that that's how you affect positive changes. You don't engage with these things that you feel are wrong. That's the only way you can do it. You can't go out there. You can't. If you're gonna break a law to prove something's uh, wrong, then you've you've lost. Yeah. You did the worst sin. Sorry. That's my opinion of it. Okay. Final topic. Yeah. Is it me or you? It's you. Okay. First off, for the final topic, I want to thank all of June's Patreon folks. Thank you so much for supporting us at patreon.com slash kind of funny. It allows us to do all of this crazy stuff. My final topic here today. This came to me last night in a fever dream. I don't know if I had a fever, but I had a dream Did you do one of these. <gasps> and I looked over, and Christine's body had Portillo's head. And I was like, I'm so no, dreaming. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Finally. <laughs> um, Get the loop. Why'd you got to take it to it? I don't know. Place. I'm sorry, guys. You're just a monster. My filter's gone. Have you noticed that? No. <laughs> I never oh, noticed. Did you I never noticed. My, like, what, I bet if you, like, it's so funny because I, I remember the first time someone left a comment on one of these videos. like, wow, Nick's swearing a lot more now. And now I think people have just accepted the fact that I'm deranged. Yeah, they get it. They know who you deranged are, Nick Scarpino. I also want to give a quick shout out to Kevin, who looks like he just came from the Bahamas, where he learned capoeira. What's capoeira? It's the art of fighting by uh, on the beach by swinging your legs around in, in little tiny shorts. Eddie Gordo. Eddie Gordo did it. Tekken 3. Okay. Yeah. Did you know mm. that Scorpion and Sub-Zero are brothers? I did, Greg. Just letting you know. I did. My topic was, is I want to know... <laughs> And th- we've done things similar to this, but it's very specific. Mm. What you'd want to go back and experience again for the first time. If, and so, like, and I don't mean, like, go back and, like, right now, like, you forget what chocolate ice cream tastes like and somebody gives you chocolate ice cream. I mean, go back the first time you had chocolate ice cream, if that's your answer. You know what I mean? And why and all that different stuff. And mine's long. It's not even one event. But I want. I would love to. It's just your entire teens. I would love to live life again to this <laughs> moment. <laughs> no, I was thinking. Uh, I had a dream about uh, WWF Attitude Era and like watching that. And I forget what it was about the Rock and Mankind or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And then I woke up in the middle of like three a.m. or whatever from this dream, and I was like, "Shit, I would love to go back and rewatch that stuff." Because it's one of those things. Now you know, I just got that Attitude Era book out there that John Robinson, our friend, wrote, former IGN colleague, former ESPN writer, wrote. Uh, about the Attitude Era and all this different stuff. And when you watch like WWE Network and now the video games, they all keep making callbacks to that. And it's the number of times you've seen Mankind thrown off the top of Hell in the Cell, right? The number of times you've seen DX do a crotch chop, the I Quit match between Rock and Mankind, uh, you know, Stone Cold doused Mr. McMahon with the hose or whatever and Mm -hmm. hit him in the head with a bedpan and all this dumb stuff. Like, I remember watching that in my bedroom on the tiny, like, 
17 inch TV, you know what I mean? And like staying up late to watch the Rock and Sock Connection win the tag titles, like, cause it got delayed by the Westminster Dog Show or some dumb shit like that, you know what I mean? And like all these, like, really, really, like, awesome pivotal. moments in, yeah, p- pivotal in terms of the WWE's history, you know what mm. I mean? I'm using that in quotes, it's entertainment, obviously. But like, I feel like a comic book, right? Like I, we land, we're landing yesterday, and I had caught up on all the books I wanted to read on the plane. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll reread Kingdom Come. So I started rereading Kingdom Come, and like that's still as awesome and as amazing. And you can pull something new from it, watching it. You know what I mean? Whereas like those moments that, like when you're the WWF, WWE, right? Like you're putting out how many hundreds of hours of programming a month, let alone over two decades or whatever, that, like, all that stuff kind of gets lost. And, yeah. You know what I mean? These, like, really, really standout, amazing, you mo- remember those moments. And to think back and, like, to be able to go back and sit there and, as a kid, be a kid again and watch that stuff and have those legitimate reactions and enjoy that program start to finish in such a way where and you knew all those characters and everybody's in their prime, you know what I mean? Like... Because, like, even Undertaker popped up last night at, I think, what was it? Uh, none of you know, right? Which pay-per-view was last night? It was SummerSlam. No. No, I was going to say Backlash. Well, it's not, it's not Backlash. WrestleMania. It wasn't that either. Fuck. It was one of the little. Battle something. That's right. Battlefield. No, Battle. Battle in the Bronx. Battle Thrill in the Born. It doesn't. Battlegrounds. Yeah, that's it. Yes. He showed up to, and he was, like, you know, facing down Brock Lesnar or whatever, and then he gave him a bunch of tombstones or whatever. The stupid YouTube video was just him showing up. I don't know why WWE's doing that. I'm not going to go subscribe to the network again. Anyways. But he shows up and he's all like, he's, he's got a gun on him and stuff. And it's like, oh, cool, Undertaker's back. But it's like, even now, it's not what it was then. You know yeah. what I mean? When he was mm-hmm. the fucking leader of the ministry and they're kidnapping and crucifying people. And you're like, oh, this is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like those moments. And like, you read these books now and it's like history for that, like, you know, that form of entertainment and stuff. And it's like, man, I was, it was one, of, I think it's one, the reason I like it so much is that it was one of those times when, you were in the prime of something mm-hmm. and I, you, I didn't know it as a kid. You know what I mean? Like you're watching it and you're, I'm not thinking about the fact that you're just I, hopelessly addicted. I'm to throwing it. kid around. I mean, I'm in, I'm in high school. I'm watching sure. it. And I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm going to outgrow this again. Like I did before. It's going to never be able to be this good again. Cause they're going to step in and try to do all this different stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. on top of the programming being so good, going to live events with my friends, going like the, how fucking great no mercy is in W or, you know, WrestleMania 2000. You know what I mean? The fact that like, you didn't know you're playing the, the best wrestling games we'll ever get. Yeah. They'll never get that good again. It was like, fuck, I'd love to go back and be able to do all that again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Just to experience that again, like that part of that. I'd like to experience, I mean, I, I always say this, I'd like to experience the, basically the entire decade of the 80s again. And by that, I don't From mean you, like... But as you as I a kid. I mean as a, as a kid, just because that was, that, was, that was the last time when people would make something like... Because we were so shut off, when you think about it. We were so closed off from the rest of society. We didn't have the internet... You basically just had whatever was in, you know, the 20 mile radius of your town, your school um, and any of the local places that you you know had had uh, hobbies with. But you didn't have anything else. And so when you see a movie like um, like Breakfast Club and you 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 have that realization that there's someone else out there that thought the way you thought or had a similar experience to what you're going through right now. And then you understood that the world was just a little bit smaller um, and that there were. A lot more like-minded people out there um, that had a certain magic to it. Nowadays, you get, you know, you can check Twitter and get lists for fifteen things that you know you experienced in high school, and you're like, shit, I did all of those, right? And so you, you know that everyone is exactly the same. We're all going through the same things, but the '80s just had a certain magic to them, right? And if I could go back and 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 watch uh, Back to the Future again, if I could go back and stand in that line at the Tyler Mall 
uh, for two hours before the 1989 Batman uh, movie. And then was immediately, it, it was like opening day. I mean, I was a kid, so I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to go to the first showing. And my parents were like, we don't want to see this movie with you, so we're just going to drop you off. We'll come back and pick you up. And I just waited there by myself. And I remember like the feel of the the brick like that. They used to make these like movie theaters in my town. Maybe I'm sure they, there were some other movie theaters like that. But like the sides of them would be like really coarse like rock almost and so when you'd like lean against me like ah i know exactly, uh, yeah. exactly what I'm like, like little pebbles and stones embedded yeah in the wall. and they were like they had like grooves but certain like spikes like they it was like malls like so it kept kids you know like when they when they put those spikes on the places for birds not the land yeah. yeah. this is the equivalent for teenagers <laughs> but like if you touch it you can't you just can't <laughs> lean against the wall they want you to keep moving around but i remember the feel of those on my hand and i remember waiting and just fantasizing about what this movie was going to be like and not even having an expectation of it blowing my mind not even knowing that I should have that expectation like we have now where we go into movies and we're like, I'm going to compare this in, my, in the back of my brain and my subconscious to 18 other movies that I can think have the exact same plot, have the exact same graphics and are exact same. Yeah. But back then I was just like, I've been following this movie for in magazines for the last six months and I can't wait to see it. Um, and then I sat and saw it and I was like, I mean, that blew me. That just blew me away. I'm like, I, I <laughs> it was one of the only times in my life where I'm like. My, I didn't even have an expectation that this was going to be great, but it was so far beyond anything I could have wanted it to be that, like, I immediately, I think I saw it again that day. Damn. Like, I'm like, I, maybe it was, I think it was the next day. There's no way Elena Scarpino would have been like, I'm, I, like, I'm here, I'm picking you up, you're going home. You need to pass it. But I think I made her take me back the next day. I saw that movie in, in theaters three times. I kept seeing it. Even though, and I, and I always say this, too, the last 30 minutes of that movie because it was shot on film and I think they colored it improperly or it depends on the, I guess the projection but was so dark you couldn't tell what was happening most of the time but I didn't care yeah because occasionally I'd catch a glimpse of bat, the bat suit and I'd be like that is the coolest thing on the planet I've seen the movie forever it's you know a lot of people I talked to a lot of guys that are meet and greet um a lot of the younger guys and our, and our uh, younger best friends were like, you're kidding when you say the 89 Batman is the best Batman, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. But you have to also put in context. There was nothing else like that. Yeah. There just wasn't. Like, there was no bat. There was no live action Batmobile. The only thing we had had before that was the Adam West series that was like, you watching it, you're like, are they fucking serious with this? Like, what's... Well, that's how the 90s, the 89 one feels, though. To you now. Yeah. But to me, it was, it was, a, it was a stark... Uh, dark almost, and gritty. Dark, gritty, noir film that took... Uh, flares of that series, right? It took flares of the original camp of the comic book and integrated it into this kind of twisted, messed up world, like uh, where the Joker is a psychopath that kills people, he fries people, but he does it in so, sort of a comic way. It's very Tim Burton. It's, it's his style. It's so. very Tim Burton. Very much so. Um, but when, when I was a kid, I was like, this is it. This is the best it's ever going to get. It's never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And like, the, I mean, just when you're a kid, you don't focus on the whole. You're not like, oh, I the nuances it. of the cinematography, like that scene was a little under. No, you go like this. The bat suit looks awesome. That's it. That's the best thing that that it's the best thing in the world. It's the best thing that it ever need to be. Because look at the bat suit. And people could sit there and tell you, like, oh wait, but, but the story made no sense. You're like, but the bat suit. Like, look at the bat suit. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had when I was a kid. That was great. I didn't even realize, you know what's funny is I didn't even realize they were making that Tim Burton was tapped to make a Superman lives. Because oh, I don't man. remember it being widely publicized. I just I just It was in Wizard Magazine all the time, brother. Was it? You had to be reading. Never, read the trades as I called them back the in the trades. Day. But um, yeah, so that's me. I think just I think being able to see those those amazing films from the '80s again and experience them for the first time because they're just those are the experiences that you left with. And then when when it was late at night, you know, and you're a kid and you're trying to go to sleep, you don't go to sleep. You let your brain drift and you let your brain do like that. You ever do, you ever do that? You let your brain do that sort of fanfic where you're like, oh, what if what if they did this? And yeah, like, yeah, this would be cool and like this, you know. And you just imagine all the amazing things that that series inspires in you. Um, and that used to happen to me like every month in the summertime. It was amazing. So. Colin. I don't know. I think I, it's more situational for me. I think that 
I remember I remember seeing Batman in the movies too. I was really young. I remember seeing Batman Returns and falling asleep, which Fuck was funny. You, Danny DeVito, uh, and uh, we're being so disappointed because it was just so late. Um, but I remember seeing a lot of those movies and, and kind of wishing yeah that you can TMNT. When I first saw that in the theater with my brother, I was like, it was like blown away. And even TMNT too, I remember that. That fight when they were fighting the foot soldiers in the lobby of that building oh with the, the ooze the or whatever. Scene? Yeah, I'm oh like, I'm like, it was. I was like, this is so fucking good. insane. Um, those are really well done. Yeah, those they are. films. The first two Turtles movies are great. Um, but uh, I was thinking more about uh, toys, and mm. I think I, I brought this up before, but I, I, I often have, and I don't want to say often, but every once in a while I have like a, a, I have a lot of, I have a few kinds of dreams that I have a lot. One of the cycles of my dreams that I have a lot is that I'm trying to get somewhere and I can never get to where I'm going. Like sure. that's a dream I have constantly. That wasn't a dream. That was a that's a couple days ago when we that was yeah, United 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 United. United. that's yeah. trying to get home. Yeah, that's my life. <laughs> um, but uh, like I have dreams where I'm just I'm trying to go to class, but I can't find the classroom. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get to work, but I can't find my office or whatever, whatever it is. But I have a dream every once in a while being in Child's World, which is a toy chain that doesn't exist anymore. And I remember they had. A G.I. Joe spread, the likes of which I'll never forget ever. Mm-hmm. Like you walked in, there was all you know, a bunch of aisles, the games aisles, and all these kinds of things. I remember like their G.I. Joe aisle was just it was just it was awesome. It you know, ended. and it and it was it was just carded G.I. Joe after carded G.I. Joe. And I remember like it's muscle memory, like going through them, you know, like looking for what you know, but like popping through back, them and like looking for like who you're like and then grabbing like seven of them, even though you can only have two of them, and then you have to figure out like what you need. For your collection or what you want or what you think you're not going to find again, you're kind of like doing like algorithmic math in your head to be like, when is the last time I saw this? Like, am I going to get it again? And I'm like, you know, I'm like six years old, seven years old doing this. My mom's like, can we just fucking leave, please? Um, Did it bother you when you'd find like you'd find Snake Eyes, but it wasn't the OG Snake Eyes? It was like Desert Snake Eyes. Yeah. You're like, what yeah. is th- what the shit is this? But this remember, is not canon. I remember these weird things that like I wish I don't know why I, I like I, it's just it's just nostalgia. I remember getting Desert Scorpion, which was a a, a, a bad guy like a Cobra GI Joe in service merchandise. You remember that that oh, store? service merchandise. I remember service merchandise. And it was like a random store, and they had like just a small toy section, but they had like this really rare GI Joe. And I, I remember finding I remember finding we have this store on Long Island called Meat Farms, which is like a yeah. which is like it's just produce and. Po- it was a precursor and, to Ashley Madison. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember getting Range Viper and Frag Viper that day at a store. And there, there were two, you know, Viper types and Frag Viper. I'm so had... upset that I missed out on G.I. Joe. Oh, you should. Whatever you guys oh, talk dude, about. It, you, like... you of all people would have just been like, you would have buried yourself in it. This sounds awesome. And Frag Viper had um, almost like a highlight looking thing that would shoot grenades. And he came mm-hmm. with little grenades and you can attach them to his backpack. And I remember, I remember clear. I don't know why I remember this. I must have been like six years old, seven years old. I just had him, and I was like jumping him like along the milk things or whatever. Remember, like there's like little holes yep. that that uh, you know for like ventilation Sh- or whatever. Shell. And his grenade, one of his grenades, fell off and into it. And I remember being like so fucking upset that I lost one of his grenades. Like there's little things like that. Like I just remember that are like embedded in my brain. I I was really I like I remember Colin. the first time I came to, to to California when I was young, and I got a uh, Flak Viper, which was a a uh, guy with a huge backpack that with missile, like a huge missile launcher on his mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. I I just remember these moments. That's when I also saw Three Ninjas for the first time. Oh my mm-hmm. god! And uh, I love that movie. So good. so this was like summer '92. I remember on that flight, I brought my Super Mario World instruction manual, and that's like all I brought with me. And I just like put, it was like a six-hour flight. I'll be fine, mom. And I remember we were on a plane where the I don't know, you you probably remember this. You guys probably remember this where the plane old planes where the seats faced each other in the middle. No. Uh... And we had we were sitting across from like my siblings were sitting across from some of these other like just guys and I remember them playing cards and stuff like that. There's just a lot of like there's just a lot of random kind of innocent yeah. memories. I don't and again I've said it before there's no innocence today. There's none. You know? Cuz everything's too interconnected. Everything you can have any information you want. You have a device with all the information in the world on it at, at your fingertips at all times. So mm-hmm. 
there's just like these things where it's like in that moment in meat farms with fucking uh, you know frag viper in my hand jumping around. I'm like that was that was in that moment. That was all I was doing in that moment. Yeah, it's it. Today they'd be like you know on their phone and all these kinds of things. And I'm just like that's not that's not exciting or nostalgic. You're gonna be nostalgic about that. You know, they will, but that's they will though, Colin. That's the thing is it's like. We do this all the time where we sound like the old people that were like, ah, oh, these kids are but not I going outside and have these things. You're not, though. No, not yet. But these kids are going to have these memories in the same way I have memories of and we have memories of texting and having to, you know, like, who's the best texture with the T9 bullshit? Like, we have memories of that. But these people are going to have memories of whatever the hell they're doing now. Damn little kids. What's Hellions. yours, Tim? I have so many. When you first brought that up, like the first moment that came into my head was the first time I played Super Mario World because oh, that was there was a lot of video games I played before that, um, specifically the Mario games. And I remember there was a very specific moment in the first level when the giant bullet bill comes, and it everything was really weird and like stopped for me. I'm like, this is perfect. This is perfect. And like from then on, I was like, I knew that that. They perfected Mario. And I'm like, holy crap, this thing that I loved is now perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and moments, though, I think that overall, I think a lot of my the things that I wish I could experience again, like go back into those moments, a lot of them were friends based and like, um, I'm trying to think, like merchandise based. It was always just like the things that. Like, it was opening the Pokemon card booster packs. Yeah. Like, going to the card store and then not opening. Not knowing what's in there. Not knowing, knowing you, what's in you it. You really wanted this one card. And it's it's that moment. It wasn't just you opening it. It's your friend opening it and seeing who got the best ones and, like, talking shit and, like, trading and all that stuff. Like, it's that whole experience, which also included getting Slurpees and the way on the, the walk and what you guys talked about on the way to it. Let's pop into Blockbuster and do the walk around the store and see what's there. But it was all about the Pokemon cards. Yeah. And uh, adding on top of that, scooters, Razor scooters, like that being such a fad at that moment, but it felt like it was going to last forever. <laughs> you know, like my entire world revolved around. You knew around. that wasn't going to last forever. But, no, but that's the thing, though. Not when I was 11. And it was like. I thought rollerblades were going to last forever. But, okay, that too. Like rollerblades. All they those things. Like, people still use rollerblades, don't they? No. Really? They're back to roller skates? No, well, no. I don't. I just people don't, just don't use them. Or Heelys. Like, <laughs> oh, Heelys. Was, like, that was one of those interesting things. And, but it was one of those things where it was so interesting because to me, I was the demographic for that. Like, I was the kid playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater that was just obsessed with wheels. Put wheels on anything. I'm into it at that moment, you know? And it was cool to have them. And it was like, how many stairs can I jump off on my fucking Razor scooter? Can I do more tomorrow? And it, you're with all your friends. You're doing all this shit. And it's like that. Those moments I will just never forget and i wish i could just have them again like yeah. you're talking about all the wrestling stuff it's like that's what it is to me like yeah. the mario world thing that was a very specific moment and i try to think of movies and i'm trying to think of something more recent that like really hit me in like a this is fucking special and i can't believe i feel this way oh. and um this is not a joke this is a completely real answer the end of fast six like when all that I me mean, my love for that franchise has been such a joke and it's like so much bigger than it actually is, but sure. it's, it's kind of like you it, know. It, it, we are. It, it's entertaining to us that we make a huge deal. We out love of it. loving the series yes, just exactly. as much as we love this series, sure. you know. And I feel like after Fast One, Two, Three, all the different bullshit going on, like Four brings it all back, and then Five was like, "Oh my god, this is actually good." Yeah, it's almost 
that in itself was like, a joke. Am I we're, enjoying this? Yeah, movie? we're like, wait, no, we actually <laughs> like this thing that we used to joke right. we liked, right? And then Tokyo Drift was always the, the the mega joke to me that I actually enjoy that movie and I love Han and Han was always the random thing that I held on to and I would always joke about him and it was a joke, you know. Yeah. Here's the random thing that I like, and then all of a sudden, like I constantly joked in Fast Four, Five, and Six that they were going to finally bring it back to Tokyo Drift. This is all going to happen, and then they bring it back in the most genius, amazing way that no one saw coming at the end of that movie in the post credit thing that. Now, Fast and Furious has post-credit scenes? What? Yeah. And the theater erupted, man. Like, everyone was there for the same reason. They love this stupid thing just as much as we mm-hmm. all do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the filmmakers, it was like the perfect thank you for us yeah. putting up with their bullshit. And I'll never forget the entire row of IGM people just standing up and being, like, screaming. People were screaming at the fucking, the, like, no, no fucking way. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I'd give anything to go back to that. You weren't even there. It's so sad. No, you no. had to watch it with your wife. Oh, I was. <laughs> Tokyo Drift was, for, by the way, was the first time I watched a movie, and I was uh, one of the one of the movies in the series. And I was like, shit, I actually really like this one. I mean, this is actually an entertaining movie. Um, I want to point out that um, if anyone, if, if if there were ever a doubt that we were all nerds, yeah, <laughs> this is the topic we should point people to because not one of us. <laughs> defaulted to a sexual experience <laughs> not one of us was like i would like to go back and experience the first time i had sex but that's because sex is awesome every time you have it that's awesome we true. aren't jaded when we talk about sex <laughs> that's true that's true yeah, but that G. G. Like, joe ain't coming back right. <laughs> the attitude era is oh, done. i was gonna say wrestling will never be as good as the attitude era but sex tomorrow will be as good as sex to be fair though the women that would have sex with me few and far between so we, we, we those are precious moments as well you know no, but, that's what i'm saying like the first yeah i don't know i mean that, that was you had to fight for it back then now it's just come so easy <laughs> I mean, we got that internet fame you know yeah, what I'm talking about buddy. it's like I get my wife once a month ladies and gentlemen that's the game over Greggy show each and every week four sometimes Kidding. five best friends gather on this table each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement too busy apologizing to your wife to do that I'm so table. glad my wife doesn't watch this show mm-hmm. uh, my sister-in-law does she, every time I say something stupid she'll text me like why why do you tell people that yeah, that's not right it's not accurate if you want the show early you can head over to Friday <laughs> what, you head over to uh, patreon.com slash Kind of funny each and every Friday to get the show early for a couple of bucks. But if you don't have them to give them to us, no big deal. Head over to YouTube.com slash kind of funny where we break out the show topic by topic day by day until we post the entire thing for free as an MP3 and big old video. Big old video. Big old video. So we wrapped up SGC. Now it's off to VidCon. If you're hearing this on Friday or Thursday night on Patreon, come to the SoCal meet and greet at Portillo's Buena Park. You're hearing this after the fact on YouTube. I'm sorry you missed us in Buena Park. Let's go there anyway. This is why I have a love-hate relationship with all of us. Is that I've been slowly but steadily gaining weight because we've been going to these conventions. Because it's fun. Because they're fun. We get to meet people. We inevitably have amazing food everywhere we go. Yeah. But I swore I was like I'm not going to overeat next week. No, no, I'm not going to drink. Okay. I'm not going to overeat. I'm going to try. You're to not going to drink. I'm going to try to work out. Never I'm going to try Nick. to work out two or three times, and I'm going to count my calories. And then I saw your tweet Saturday. Yeah. Two o'clock. 2 p.m.? Yes. We're going to Portillo's. And it just like a blast of memory that that Italian beef yeah. with you can get and cheese whiz and nacho cheese on top of it. And don't think like, that Saturday is the first that. time we're going to Portillo's. No, we're going Wednesday probably. Exactly. Or Thursday when or Friday. When that car rolls in on Wednesday, them. we're going to Buena Park. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.